Welcome to episode 190 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the winning is everything edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew, I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host, the iRacing Indy 500 champion, a computer genius, a gentleman and a scholar, and somebody who got to see his Jacksonville Jaguars go 2-0 and on their London trip. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil, and yeah, of course, get to see Jacksonville win two weeks in a row in London, uh, so that's good, uh, and yeah, it's Victory Monday because of that, and uh, of course, probably Victory Monday for pretty much everybody that won uh, yesterday or throughout the weekend, and yeah, winning is everything, of course, which leads to Victory Monday, so uh, yeah, we got a lot of uh, to cover here with the Cup and Xfinity and F1 and the NFL, so let's get into it. Yeah, we're, I mean, uh, for me, the Niners demolished the cowgirls so that was great got to watch that at uh, buffalo wild wings and all the cowgirls fans left in the third quarter which was funny um but yeah we'll talk about that we'll talk about fantasy where last week i ended up having the high score and this week i'm ninth it tells you how thing how quickly things change week to week in football uh but regular teams are winning so that's always great in uh, motorsports land A.J. Allmendinger gets his first win as a dad, uh, first cup win in 50 races with uh, the win at the Roval, uh, led the most laps. So we'll get into all that and who got eliminated out of the playoffs. Uh, winning is everything. It, I mean, it goes to stage point, getting stage wins too, because if it weren't for stage wins and winning in the regular season, Martin Truex probably wouldn't be alive in the playoffs still. Speaking of staying alive in the playoffs, Sam Mayer goes and gets a Hail Mary win in dominant fashion in the Xfinity series to advance. Um, him and Justin Allgaier are really the two main cars that were up front and were dominant in that race. Uh, Hemrick, Daniel Hemrick, Parker Kligerman, Josh Berry, and Jeb Burton all uh, get eliminated in the truck in the Xfinity series, I mean. Uh, we'll talk about the points for both series heading to Las Vegas. The 2024 Cup Series schedule is uh, released, or 2024 schedule is released for all three major series. So we'll get into that and the thoughts we both have on uh, some of the changes. Haley Miss Hummer 2.0, Haley Deegan gets a full-time ride with AM Racing in the Xfinity Series. Uh, with some sponsors, new sponsors, and some that she's already had, plus, of course, Ford backing. Carson Osovar is going to finish the season for Legacy Motor Club as a precursor to probably being in the 77 car for uh, Spire. Uh, there's also news in regards to um, Xfinity, some other drivers in Xfinity, and AJ Allmendinger uh, as well. So we'll get into all that at Qatar. Uh, the big news story, other than Fish Lips going and uh, getting a, his second championship, uh, 14th win of the season, uh, he uh, essentially had no resistance after the start. Um, Lewis Hamilton tried to make a pass early in the race, and it didn't seem like George Russell was aware of that. Um, Lewis ends up taking the blame for it, but it was a racing incident, something that was probably preventable. Um, considering circumstances, there were tire issues at Qatar because of the curbs. Most of the drivers were getting sick uh, because of how hot it was. So you know, you got a Qatar never seem never fails in terms of 
how it's bad for you know human rights and uh, it's also bad for formula one drivers and being able to actually get through the race without getting uh physically ill or passing out which um logan Sargent almost did there was mandatory tire stops you had to do three tire tire changes tire three stops in that race uh because of the issues that pirelli had and then the numerous track limits issues that i don't know how many guys got penalized for that we brought up football and uh recap some of the major takeaways major games that took place uh as the raiders get a turnover after they just scored a touchdown um raiders and green bay on monday night football We'll go into the our regular teams, uh, Niners, Jaguars, but then also for fantasy teams. The roundup will talk about Shane Van Gisbergen and Richie Stanaway uh, taking the win at the Bathurst 1000. Uh, Brock Feeney and Jamie Wincup were looking like uh, the team and combination I was going to win, but um, issues mechanical issues or whatever technical issues ended up uh, knocking them out of the race moto gp and moto 2 will be in indonesia this coming weekend uh there will be the texas fall nationals in dallas coming up this weekend petite lama to end the 2023 imsa weathertech sports car championship and then we'll look at other series other news that's going on uh, like FAF Motorsports moving over to McLaren after spending many years with Porsche. Uh, NASCAR Cup and Xfinity will be at Las Vegas. We'll make our previews and picks. Josh can tell us all things going on in the world of iRacing and Sims with the Sim segment. iRacing has uh, made a new acquisition. I saw on social media as well that Motorsport Games posted video in regards to an IndyCar uh, game, which is been on and off we haven't we haven't really heard or we've been waiting on updates in regards to that so we'll hear from you josh in regards to all that and uh where you've been racing and we'll close the deal so you will go first into the bank of america roval 400 at charlotte motor speedway and uh tyler reddick ended up winning the poll he won the first stage and that was essentially where he led the he led the majority of the laps there. He led the first 27 laps of the race. And then from then on, uh, wasn't able to get back to the lead, unfortunately for him. But uh, he had a fast race car. The Toyotas were fast all weekend. Uh, but in the end, three to three Chevrolets ended up uh, taking up the podium positions. A.J. Allmendinger uh, led 46 laps, the most laps in the race. One of three drivers who led double-digit laps, Reddick, aforementioned, and uh, William Clyde Elliott the second. Reddick and Elliott won both stages. William Byron was uh, giving uh, age, making A.J. Allmendinger work for that victory there late. Uh, his paint scheme on his car was as, was as plain and as bland as his personality. Um, Kyle Busch needed to win the race, ran up front for a good amount of the day, Ended up finishing third, uh, gets eliminated. Keebler Gibbs finished fourth, Joey Logano fifth. Reddick, Christopher Busher, Alex Bowman, Elliott, Ross Chastain. Uh, Ross Chastain was trying to stay alive after finishing second in points last year. Finishes 10th, falls short of uh, the cutoff there. 
and uh yeah i mean mostly uh chevrolets you had was it how many toyotas one two toyotas end up being in the top 10 even though there was plenty of toyotas early in the race uh Brian Priest finishes 11th, Ryan Blaney 12th, Kyle Larson from tailback after he wrecked in practice to 13th, Bald Spot Dillon, Christopher Bell, who started second, led nine laps. Uh, I'm trying to see, yeah, Blaney led six laps, Kyle Busch led six laps. And then um, Bubba Wallace, who started fourth, ended up getting some stage points, but ended his race in 16th. Uh, gets eliminated. Brad Keselowski also gets eliminated. Martin Truex is lucky that he did so well in the regular season because, my goodness, he's been god-awful in the playoffs. And uh, Denny Hamlin ended up uh, falling out of the race uh, because of an incident he had with uh, the 77 car uh, and uh, because of the damaged vehicle policy, couldn't um, get back into the race. Uh, Daniel Suarez got into uh, Bubba Wallace and uh, Eric Jones uh, a few laps later and uh, also took out uh, Michael McDowell in the process. So there was that. Uh, so that was... And then O. Richard uh, ended up catching fire and uh, his Totina's pizza rolls were extra toasty there. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, about it. We'll, uh, I mean... AJ Allmendinger, we know he's a, a noted road racer for many years. His prowess has always been there. Open wheel driver, came to NASCAR, has won the most races in the Xfinity Series on road courses. Uh, he won in the Gen 6 car at the first Indianapolis road race uh, because uh, Chase Briscoe and uh, Denny Hamlin got into it uh, late in that race. Uh, he hasn't won a cup race since then. Until yesterday, uh, very emotional because of hadn't won since that race in July of uh, of 2021. Probably some changes that are coming along the pike too for how college racing is going to be doing things or where people are going to be at. Uh, but for AJ Allmendinger to get that win, hold off one of the guys that's like a likely favorite for this championship with four races to go to get that win in a year where college racing is definitely not been as good as they were last year um and also being a dad first win as a dad uh all a lot of things all combined there for aj allmendinger and he's genuinely one of the most you know, he's one he's a real guy uh, you always know what he's feeling he wears his heart on his sleeve you never have to doubt his emotion or his mentality i think it's part of what makes aj allmendinger such a um one one a likable driver, but also somebody that a lot of people connect with over the years. AJ Elmeninger gets to win, gives a colleague something to kind of hold their put uh, hang their hat on for a year that's been really bad. Josh um, and uh, holds off William Byron in the process. Uh, what were you think? What did you think about Elmeninger's uh, performance there and some of the other uh, key players that? stood out to you during the day itself at the Roval. Yeah, I mean, the significant win for A.J. Allmendinger, and yeah, I think uh, with some of the news that's come out, potentially uh, what they're going to do with the 16 car for Colleague Racing and A.J. Allmendinger potentially going back into the Xfinity Series next year, uh, you know, there's a lot of emotion there, and obviously the Cup Series is the top level of NASCAR, and you want to be able to win, and uh, he hasn't 
been able to pull that off since uh, 2016 or 2021, uh, thinking the 16 car there, but uh, it hasn't won since uh, that race at the Indianapolis road course. And, you know, go back to that win, um, you know, you won because Denny Hamlin and uh, Chase Briscoe had uh, shenanigans on that final restart and he was able to take advantage of, uh, you know, their uh, deal there. And now this one won it completely outright, uh, outdrove William Byron there on the final uh, restart, uh, beat Kyle Busch off the line um, on that restart as well. So, uh, you know, for him to win like that uh, and dominate the race, uh, yeah, that's a pretty significant win there for him. And you can see the emotion, of course, with uh, the job status potentially and also first win as a, a father after, um, you know, the um, you know, the issues that they had with that. So, uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, a lot of motion there and everything. So, um, yeah, AJ, uh, we'll see what happens with him, but, you know, obviously that's, uh, the, the kind of guy he is and, you know, definitely, uh, somebody that, you know, a lot of fans, uh, want to see, uh, do well. So we'll see how, uh, he does, uh, you know, for his future, if they decide to keep him here or, you know, go back to Xfinity. We'll see. Which thinking if Xfinity, he'll be more competitive uh, than in the Cup Series, uh, like we saw in you know twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. So we'll see how his future turns out. But you know the other guys like William Byron, who you know he's been successful in the past on road courses uh, and has had speed. Uh, he's somebody that I thought would would have a chance here, but he actually you know just ended up not leading any laps, but still still finished in. Uh, uh, the top five, you know, he won Watkins Glen earlier this year. So that was, you know, something that I thought, oh, maybe that might happen. But, um, you know, he went out and uh, finished second and didn't need to win, obviously. But uh, he had won Texas already. So, uh, you know, he doesn't have to win that one. But uh, still, you know, try to protect uh, for his teammate Kyle Larson there, potentially, if Kyle Busch was in, in a situation uh, to win there. So, uh, yeah, for Byron, good finish. Kyle Busch uh, comes up short. Um, you know, would have had to have a better restart there at the end. We really would have had to send it into uh, turn one. But, you know, I think he respects A.J. Allmendinger enough to not throw it into the corner and potentially, you know, ruin both of their races on the you know, on that final restart there. So, uh, you know, a good try, but I'm sure uh, Kyle Busch will go back, uh, you know, and look at what they needed to improve on this year to, uh, you know, have a better campaign next year. So, you know, we'll see if, you know, they're able to do that. Um, you know, the playoff drivers, obviously Reddick makes it in, uh, you know, you talked about Truex who, uh, you know, he's been basically relying on those playoff points that he, uh, and wins that he put up in the regular season. And, uh, you know, definitely, a. um, has not performed throughout this playoffs. Uh, it's definitely carrying uh, the momentum from those playoff points and everything. And now, uh, you know, potentially he could backdoor his way into the playoffs and in, into the championship four uh, because of the point advantage that he has uh, from the regular season. And that's uh, going to be interesting if he's able to just back his way into the, the championship four and then suddenly just like, uh, pull a fast one in everybody and win Phoenix. That's going to be uh, something to see. And, um, you know, I think that that should question or, you know, be questionable about that. We get into that later, but uh, yeah, that's an interesting one there. Uh, Kyle Larson started 
uh, from the back uh, after his practice incident and made it up to the 13th and uh, was able to qualify his way in. So, uh, uh, you know, after having a missed opportunity at Texas, you know, had uh, didn't have a really good finish at Talladega and was able to get in. So it uh, makes it past this round of 12 after last year in this race, having a similar mistake in the same uh, area of the track and in the race and this one in practice uh makes uh the most of this opportunity and gets into the round eight so it's pretty interesting there but wallace um i was surprised by his speed in practice and qualifying uh i didn't yeah i don't really see him as a road course guy but obviously the roval is one of his better tracks and so they were up in the top five you know for quite a bit they got stage points uh but then you know they um they weren't able to capitalize they had the incident with austin Sindrick uh and daniel suarez there at the end and you know i have to wonder if um they should adjust the penalty for um missing the chicane or go to a similar rule like how they have an open wheel in formula one where if you gain you know if you gain time then you know you have to relinquish the position or take the penalty but if you don't gain time then you know maybe it's not a penalty at all so uh that's an interesting one there but uh you know, good effort though. And certainly I think, you know, they've improved a lot and we'll see, you know, how they're able to build upon this year and go into next year and, you know, possibly take, uh, that next step from being just, uh, you know, c competing for the playoffs, but also, you know, making it past, uh, the round of 12, uh, here is I think, you know, the four rounds that we have, I think the round of 12, once you get into the round of eight, I think, you know, that shows that you're probably in the top level of the sport here. So yeah, that's a, um, thing to build upon for him so you know we'll see if that happens and then um of course uh denny hamlin already qualified on points but then you know they end up uh having to finish last on the driver uh the you know driver performance vehicle policy so uh they'll take the last place finish so um yeah i mean at first you know the roval race uh wasn't that chaotic uh it seemed like a typical gen uh, next gen road course race and then, you know, slowly but surely we had more incidents throughout. And then we had a, you know, just a ton of cautions in, you know, the last, uh, uh, 20, 25 laps of the race. So, uh, last 30 laps. So yeah, definitely a lot of incidents there, uh, and, you know, potentially could have led to an opportunity for a surprise winner or a playoff shock. But, you know, I think the guys that qualified for the round of eight, I think all of them, uh, I think are, the ones that we expected to and you know the ones that didn't make it i think we kind of expected that they wouldn't make it in so uh you know i think it kind of played out to the way that we expected but yeah i think the only thing shocking to me was um the playoff driver not winning so uh kudos to aj allmendinger possibly getting a final cup win here uh, at the roval yeah and for when you consider what it what the change is coming along whether aj is a part of that or not like Josh was mentioning, um, he did say it in his post-race comments on the track that you never know when your last win is going to come. And talking about 50 races in the Cup Series, think about people who went 400-something races or however many to get a win. So um, AJ Allmendinger is somebody who's used to winning, especially when he was in Xfinity. He won a lot uh, on different types of racetracks. So something that we have to see in what college racing is trying to do in a essentially a, a, a re a kind of starting over 
all again in in 2024 with new drivers it seems and uh, some new things going on in the cup side and also on the xfinity side it looks like there's gonna be a lot of movement there as well so um, for the first time i think in a long time there's a lot of uh um turnover at uh college racing which is something they haven't really had so we'll see what happens with that in terms of the guys that got eliminated i mean brad keselowski ever since his car's come along generally has run well on road courses but this weekend he just didn't have it um they didn't have the team didn't have it really uh, baba josh you mentioned it i mean it was the best i think he's ever run on a road course really so it wasn't like he didn't give himself a chance uh, the the strategies and traffic and then getting stuck in in the field probably was what kind of held him back he the points the math didn't work in his favor either outside of him going kamikaze and doing a keebler gibbs or something or some of these other asshats that go and run over everybody to win races um that was the only way he was going to make it and he wasn't going to do that um you look at ross chastain Trackhouse racing for all the expansion and all the other talk that goes on with Justin Mark's team. They've been off for a good part of this season. Um, the wreck at, I think the wreck at Darlington, which um, Fat Felon basically, I think, threatened his life, um, really took away the Ross Chastain that we all knew. The Hale Mellon Ross Chastain, the guy that was willing to go for it all. And I think that incident also really affected that organization in general because they went from being a contender on a week-to-week basis to disappearing. And granted, of course, Suarez has basically been non-existent for the majority of the season too, um, which people are talking about in different circles in regards to what his future may be um, with the likes of Zane Smith um, in the in the works and also Shane Van Gisbergen, but Ross Chastain leading into a year in new in 2024, where they're going to be driving, he's going to be driving the, the Bush uh, light car starting next year. Uh, the sponsorship money and dollars that they have, they've been spreading across both of those cars. I guess they'll be able to spread it across the, the 99 and whatever number car that it's going to be for Zane Smith because Bush is going to sponsor uh, Ross Chastain, but they won't. Uh, they'll, their best-case scenario is finishing fifth in points. I mentioned those three, and then Kyle Bush, he was wildly inconsistent. Uh, got to a point where he was doing stuff that I've never seen Kyle Bush do before, which is crash a lot. I mean, even when he was a rookie, he didn't crash at the clip that he was doing here the last few months, and... He even said it. I mean, Kyle Busch is not big on talking, but he's like, I need to change how I'm doing things because whatever I'm doing is not working. I'm wrecking every week like 10 laps in a races, which is not Kyle Busch. And he had a clean run yesterday, but it wasn't enough. Uh, they've been lacking speed. The RCR cars have been lacking speed probably for the last three, four months. And I think that's part of the reason why Kyle has been overdriving even for somebody of his talent and his uh, success even he knows that he has to go and push a little harder but these cars don't really respond to that i think it's probably part of the reason why jimmy has had such a big t- problem getting back into driving these cup cars because he's used to driving hard and it's more of a finesse based uh, vehicle and kyle bush is somebody that can kind of 
play both sides, but he's a hard charger as well. So it's something that we're going to have to see going into 2024, how um, RCR responds, how they build with Kyle, because that's their lead dog, because Austin Dillon sucks. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But now we're into the round of eight, two cookie cutters and uh, uh, Martinsville. So we'll see what happens with all of that. Um, the points heading into uh, the round of round of eight, William Byron leads the point standings uh, plus 20 over the cut line. Martin Truex goes from being on the bump spot essentially to plus 15 over the cut line. Denny Hamlin is plus 11 and Kyle Larson is plus three over Christopher Busher. Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell are minus eight and Ryan Blaney is minus 10. So it's really, it's pretty close. Um, it's not all, all that crazy to think uh, they, there could be a lot of um, turnover here. Um, if William Byron struggles uh, at Las Vegas, for example, it could flip this thing right on its lid. Martin Truex hasn't really had a good race uh, so far in the playoffs through six races. So if he goes out there and wins on Sunday, you know, he changes the narrative altogether. But um, Denny Hamlin coming off of finishing last when it didn't really matter but uh, Kyle Larson probably needs to win uh, because he hasn't really shown the consistency over the season to um, make it in on points I think William Byron has been that guy whether he wins a race or he puts himself in position Um, but uh, the curiosity is definitely with those four drivers Chris Buescher can he back back his way into the final four give himself a chance. Reddick has been uh, inconsistent, but when he's fast, he's really fast. Christopher Bell has a similar feel to last year. He hasn't been as prolific, but he's right there. Adam Stevens, they took a they took a gamble yesterday, tried to go and uh, get track position early in the race with the pitting, and it worked, And but it didn't work out late in the day. And Ryan Blaney, he's free-rolling. Uh, so I think that's a scary proposition for everybody that Ryan Blaney, I think both the Ford guys are just dice rolling right now. Um, the expectations are for the Toyota guys, the Gibbs guys, the three Gibbs guys, and of course, 2311, the four Toyotas, and for the two Hendrick cars, they're expected to be in this spot right here. Ryan Blaney's run well enough to be in the final eight, and Chris, Chris Buescher has done that as well, but... The Fords have definitely been off this year, so they're free-rolling, which I think is a scary deal for them. It feels, in a lot of ways, it has um, it, it harkens back to last year with what Chase Briscoe was doing, um, not as a winner, but putting himself in positions to gamble. And because of that, he could possibly you could possibly go and get a win in one of these races and advance into the final four, and who knows. He might be able to go and pull what Joey Logano did last year and or what Larson did a couple of years ago. So we'll move forward into the Xfinity Series race, the um, Drive for the Cure 250, which uh, saw Sam Mayer lead 50 of the races, uh, 67 laps. Um, they The race was so quick, it uh, even with the late cautions, it only just got to two hours. So 
uh, shows how relatively uh, there's only four cautions for two for stages or yeah one was for stage one they had a stage two plus a spin for Connor Daly a one debris caution and then the wreck between uh, Justin Allgaier and Jeb Burton uh, which in turn kind of took Jeb Burton he was really needing a miracle but that wreck basically took him out of it uh, Sam Mayer needed the win he gets the win leads 50 laps uh Allgaier led 10 so 60 of the races 67 laps were led by two drivers Cole Custer locked himself in after the first uh stage finished second Josh Berry lost power steering but finished third Riley Herbst fourth so two Stuart Haas cars in the top five Kaz Grala uh fifth uh, after starting 14th in the Sam Hunt Toyota Parker Kligerman uh, finished sixth after starting sixth. Daniel Hemrick finished second in both stages. Ended up finishing seventh, falling uh, was a two points two points short there. John Hunter Nemechek after starting tailback, uh, one stage two, uh, finished eighth. Austin Hill ninth. Sheldon Creed tenth, holding on for dear life, backing in there. Sammy Smith and Chandler Smith eleventh and twelfth. Myatt Snyder, the 19, is of course running for owner's points, finishes 14th. I mentioned the other two guys that are involved in uh, incidents. Alex LeBay started 10th, finished uh, 15th. Jordan Taylor, driving for a colleague, started 12th, uh, finished 16th. And that's really it there. Buckshot Jones was uh, started 11th, but ended up 29th. There were 33 cars on the lead lap, only... Uh, Jeb Burton, Connor Daly, Ryan Ellis, and um, Jeb Burton and Connor Daly were on a lap down. The other three cars, Ellis, Allgaier, Moffitt, fell out of the race uh, with various issues. But yeah, Mayer goes now for the third time this season, wins on a road course. Three wins in his career, all on road courses, last road course of the year. So we'll see what Sam Mayer can do on ovals to try and give himself a chance to make the make the final four. Um, Cole Custer quietly has gone about his business here in um, in this uh, first in the first round of the playoffs. And now he puts himself, he's right now two points out of the, of the cutoff there. So he's got a little bit of work to do, but I think there's something to be said. He's won at Homestead before multiple times. Um, I also look at, Las Vegas as an opportunity race because they're going back there for the second time. I mean, granted, John Hunter's dominated the cookie cutter tracks for the majority of the season, but you know, Stuart Haas is putting all their eggs and trying to get Cole Custer across the way, at least get him into the final four. So he's a dangerous uh, factor for sure. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Parker Kligerman gave himself a chance to try and uh, get in. It uh, wasn't enough. Josh Berry, it was similar to what Kyle Busch finishes third, but he needed the win. Daniel Hemrick ran ran up front most of the day, but didn't have the position when he needed it most, and uh, unfortunately falls, falls short, uh, falls a couple points short. Um, now, he, of course, he's going to be moving up to the Cup Series, driving the 31 car for uh, Colleague uh, next year. In terms of the 
yeah, driver's points. It's uh, you know, the driver's points. It shows yeah prior. Oh, that's prior to. Oh no, that's the Reese. That's the overall points. Um, because I'm trying to see here. Yeah, so it was yeah. Daniel Hemrick ended up finishing two points out, and Kligerman was five points out. Uh. And then, uh, yeah, Barry and Burton. But, yeah, so that was that. I mean, John Hunter Nemechek is glad they don't have any more road races this year because he's been the drizzling shits at uh, road courses this year. Uh, destroyed a lot of equipment, but he got a, he ended up getting uh, a top 10 out of it. Uh, we talked about cars that were going to make the show well. Boris said uh, ended up failing to qualify because they had gear, I think, ac- whatever, rear axle issues or gear issues, which, I mean, that if Frat Felon said that that was a Christmas present, that was a lemon that he gave him, uh, not even having a vehicle that could even re- run a lap. It's pretty pathetic. Um, Preston Pardis ends up not having the pace or whatever to make the show, which is shocking because he's been able to qualify on speed for a lot of the races that he's been in, whether he's driven for DGM or for his family organization. Andy Lally um, also had issues uh, with a new organization. And then the 74 team with Devin Jones, whoever he is, uh, interesting. Didn't really think that those four guys were going to be the ones that failed to qualify, but the way things worked out, that's what happened. So, yeah, Sam Mayer gets that victory, Josh. Uh, credit to him. Credit to Junior Motorsports keeping themselves alive. Uh, he is one of two guys left for Junior Motorsports to try and get that championship in the Xfinity Series. He's two points above the cut line. Um, got some work to do, honestly, with that. I mean, John Hunter and Austin Hill... The top three guys have a little bit of a cushion, uh, but Sam Mayer is going to have to put together a really solid round here to possibly give himself a chance to get a a championship run at Phoenix. But he has shown that uh, in late race situations, he's been able to clutch up. And in this case, uh, on Saturday, just flat out whooped everybody. Yeah, Sam Mayer uh, somehow just is able to figure out how to win on road courses after he's been here for two full seasons now and uh yeah winning on road courses wouldn't expect it but now he's the seems like he's a road course guy now and uh we'll have to see how he makes it into uh the final four here uh definitely a a tough task but you know he's gonna have to rely on the uh knowledge and uh experience of his junior motorsports teammates uh you know we've seen the one car has won before at at uh, Las Vegas with Josh Berry behind the wheel in 2021. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see if, um, you know, he gives him some pointers there uh, and you know, how he's able to go out and uh, potentially win the race or get set up help or something like that. Uh, and then of course got Homestead coming up and then Martinsville. Uh, and we've seen Sam Mayer run up front at Martinsville before have an opportunity to win, go back to last year, uh, with him and uh, Ty Gibbs in the Spring Martinsville race uh, there in Xfinity, so we'll see we'll see how close he can get to possibly making it into the Final Four uh, in Xfinity. Um, as far as the other people, you, know, you talked about Josh Berry. Uh, you know, Josh Berry's been actually a pretty good road racer uh, here at 
uh, the Charlotte Roval based on his past results, but just, yeah, came up short here. Uh, definitely a, a long shot uh, to get in on points and needed to win to get in, but, just, you know, didn't have the speed and uh, everything like his teammate did. So, um, yeah, he doesn't make it in. Uh, and, you know, I saw on social media a lot of people, you know, questioning whether Josh Berry really should be in the four car next year because he didn't really win anything in Xfinity um you know, this year, but, you know, I mean, I think look at his career performance so far in NASCAR, I think he deserves the, uh, cup ride, uh, and look at how he was able to perform in cup this year in Hendrick equipment, you know, did a, did a solid job there and was able to, uh, you know, convince SHR to sign him without any sponsorship. So, uh, uh, coming in. So, um, obviously I think he does deserve the ride, uh, there. So, um, yeah, just, uh, not going to be able to compete for a title and I guess, you know, go, go out for, you know, go out for wins here. So, you know, we'll see uh, if he's able to do that in the last four races here at his Xfinity career with, uh, junior sports, uh, you know, Kaz Gralla, uh, solid road racer finished in the top five, him and Parker Kligerman were fighting for position potentially, you know, Daniel Hemrick, if he would have passed both of them would have made it into, uh, the final or to the round of eight over Sheldon Creed. Uh, but, uh, three wide finish there. Pretty interesting. Uh, Parker Clearman trying to pass, trying to get one more position. And then Kaz Grilo was able to pass them back, uh, coming to the line and Dale Hamrick almost got them both. Uh, so that's pretty interesting there. Uh, Hamrick of course gets eliminated, but he's going to cup next year. So, um, we'll, you know, we'll see how he does in cup, but, um, you know, Xfinity career, definitely, a fairly lacking in terms of wins uh somebody that just gets a solid top 10 solid driver but just hasn't ever won except for that one time in the xfinity series uh championship race in 2021 um yeah of course john ernimichek austin hill two guys that you know we've seen do good on the road courses in the past obviously john hunter coming from 38th uh austin hill coming from ninth to or eighth to finish ninth so um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I think Austin Hill, obviously he won the Las Vegas race, uh, back in the spring. So, you know, we'll see what he's able to do here and lock himself in. John Hunter also has been very good, uh, probably the better driver in mile and a half. So we'll see if, uh, either one of those guys dominates, uh, Las Vegas or Homestead to, um, unique mile and a half tracks there. Sheldon Creed barely gets in. Uh, and yeah, let's, let's see what, you know, he's able to do, a, I think he's a long shot to get in. And I I think the two Smiths, Sammy and Chandler, um, we'll have to see if they get in. But, I mean, Sammy Smith's been good in the past on short tracks, so that could be possible as a you know potential wild card factor. Uh, Chandler Smith, we've seen him do good at mile and a half as well, so don't count him out just yet. But you know, with the how things are going with him and colleague racing, potentially going uh, getting out of that deal and going to TRD, uh, it might be damaged goods the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. And yeah, just Nagar and Jeb Burton got into that crash. And I think both of them were going to miss the corner and Jeb Burton just really missed the corner as well. So, uh, first corner on the final, uh, next to final restart. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how these guys do in the next round, uh, starting to get tight. And now we'll see who's going to make the um, the final round here for, uh, the playoffs, but, um, yeah, the Roval, I, 
you know, I think uh, not a surprise to see Sam Mayer win after what he's been able to do uh, recently in road courses. But now I think he has got a, uh, his work cut out for him to be able to go out and uh, win and or point his way into uh, this uh, championship four. Yeah, I mean, for I think outside of the outside of what do you call a Cole Custer you look at the drivers that are outside, I mean, Chandler Smith, I don't think, as you mentioned, because of the likelihood that he's not going to be there next year, are they really going to support him? Sammy Smith is the same situation. Um, and to be honest, ever since he won that race at Phoenix earlier this year, it's been a steady kind of decline. And whether it's inconsistencies, wrecking cars, whatever, he hasn't really been doing much of anything. Uh, Chandler Smith, he was winning races earlier in the year, and then they've fallen off too. And it doesn't seem like Colleague knows what they're really what their focus is right now. You have a lame duck driver in the Cup Series. It seems like you have at least one. You have one lame duck driver in terms of not being with the organization. Another one who just got eliminated and uh, will be going to Cup. You got a lot of turmoil there. So and Sheldon Creed, he keeps on. He needs to win a race. He even said it that basically the only way he's going to make it into the final four is if he wins. He said it on Saturday post-race, so I wouldn't disagree with him. But I also look at the tracks that they have there. Las Vegas is a track that has suited him very well. And Homestead, if there is any track that I think really suits or fits the driving style of Sheldon Creed, it's Homestead. Um, Can he go and pull off a Tyler Reddick? get that event, get that elusive first win, get himself into the final four and give himself a chance at Phoenix with his teammate who he doesn't get along with and um, John Hunter and whoever the hell else and all guy are more than likely. That's an interesting thing that we're going to see with those guys. Uh, um, mentioned uh, Miss Hummer 2.0 getting a, uh, or yeah, so that's uh, before I get there. Um, uh, yeah, John Hunter Nemechek leads after the reset. He's plus 37 over the cut line. Um, Austin Hill's plus 21. Allgaier plus 17. And Sam Mayer plus 2 over Cole Custer. Chandler Smith minus 11. Sheldon Creed minus 12. And Sammy Smith minus 14. Um, in in the owner's points, standings, the 19 ended up getting eliminated. Uh, the 10 is still... In, in terms of the owner's points, the 10 is still in. Uh, the 2 and the 19 got eliminated uh, this round along. Yeah, they got eliminated. The 2, 19, 8, and 27. So uh, the, um, yeah, the, the top 4, their top 5 or 6 are exactly the same as uh, the regular the driver points. But then the 10 car is still in the owner's points championship. Um tied with the 18 of sammy smith that's curious i i need to check the owner's points standings uh if the nine car made it through um yeah the nine car actually did make it through all right so the sick the brad keselowski to track house with chastain kyle bush in the 22 um so yeah the you know william clyde elliott is still in the playoff at least with the owner's points uh, so there's 300 cars that are involved in the playoff, plus three Toyotas. The 11 
Oh no, the 19 didn't make it through. That's what it is. The 11, the 20, and the 45. So three Toyotas, three Hendrick Chevys, and then the two Fords of uh, Busher and Ryan Blaney. Okay. All right. So that's something to look at as we move forward. So, uh, yeah, Deegan gets the call up to run the Xfinity series full time next year. Uh, then it'll be a number 15. Uh, they've been running the number 25 with Moffitt from what takeaways we've gotten between the way they were talking about him when he won the truck race and uh, some other things that doesn't, maybe he's not going to be there next year or maybe they're expanding to two cars. We don't know. Uh, but Deegan, who has barely sniffed the front of a truck series field, uh, is getting a multi-year deal to run in the Xfinity series. She ran, what, one race in the Xfinity series last year at Vegas for SS Greenlight and finished top 15. Um, so that's her only, that's the only um, sample size that we have to work with. Um, is that enough merit to go and get a ride? No, it's more a case of, you know, she has a vagina and she has a lot of money and um, uh, people insist on her being marketable, even though she's got a whiny voice and she's got like horse teeth. Um, but whatever, I guess she's coming up uh we'll see what it is that's ford's essentially their entire uh driver development pipeline is her which tells you how bad ford's uh driver development pipeline is but she gets a deal uh um, amongst all the changes that are going to be going on the xfinity series next year uh, movement across a lot of teams Haley deegan ends up getting that job um no neck is going to be at homestead i think i mentioned it last week um, we talked about Chandler for, for, uh, the MBM Chandler Smith. He was with Kyle Busch Motorsports, uh, driving in the Toyotas for a few years before he moved over to calling. Now it seems like he's going to buy himself out of that to go and, uh, drive the 18 car. I would assume, uh, or the 20, it doesn't really matter whichever one it is. Uh, one of those cars is going to be with a funded, fully funded driver, and he fits the bill. And then the other one is to be determined. I think there's a laundry list of drivers that would be taking over that second full-time uh, championship, driver's championship car. And then uh, the third car would be for the owners. So that'll be something to look at there. Uh, you mentioned uh, mentioned uh, Josevar will finish out the rest of the season for... Uh, whatchamacall for um legacy and um which isn't shocking because of how he's ran uh for the organization there uh gumby Sindrick, to surprise of nobody uh will continue in the two car until the end of time and uh so that's that's another those that's another one there and um yeah I think those are the two, those are some of the news pieces, nothing from the truck series because they aren't coming back until uh, Homestead. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I guess we have to talk about it. I mean, what did, what, what did you think, Josh, when you heard that Haley Deegan's moving up to the Xfinity series and has got a multi-year deal to go and run uh, Xfinity relative to what she basically has done? Uh, since getting into the ARCA series, what is it, two, three years ago, um, where there really hasn't been a whole lot of 
uh, great results. Yeah, I mean, I think they're really uh, hanging on the hat that she ran top 15 in one Xfinity race on a mile and a half track for a mid-level team. So, um, yeah, hasn't really produced anything in uh, the truck series. Um, I guess you can make the argument that um, the truck series, uh, the racing, I guess, doesn't really help uh, in a way, I guess, the the way that drivers race in their um is a lot different than the Xfinity series and um maybe it's uh drivers are more level headed and uh give her more respect or something for um getting you know and getting in wrecks and stuff but she's also I think crashed a lot uh, in the Xfinity series or in the uh the truck series so um I mean I don't know it's uh it's kind of whatever to me um you know uh the results if she's good enough in the Xfinity series she'll produce you know she's not good enough then uh we'll see her out of the Xfinity series uh either at the end of next year or the year after I'm sure I'm sure they'll give her two years you know to one to get acclimated to the series and then one to prove if she's for real uh or not unless it goes completely horribly in uh 2024 so uh you know that's that's what it is I think uh for her but um yeah, not not really surprised that she's going to Xfinity, but um, yeah, probably probably dessert or probably should have had more results there for sure. Um, Hosevar and Lot or um, Legacy Motor Club, yeah, that's uh, not surprising there. He's been doing well uh, in that car. Uh, obviously, they put in Mike Rockenfeller for the road course, but that had already been predetermined and everything. So uh, Hosevar been excelling in that ride, and definitely think uh, you know if it weren't for uh, John Hunter Nemechek going to that car. I mean, I think he did definitely be right in, fit right into that organization. Uh, but he's going to Spire, of course. But uh, yeah, he definitely uh, is good in in that car. Definitely somebody that you know we're looking out uh, for in the next couple of years. Uh, see, he's somebody that's actually gone. He's in the Truck Series right now full time, and he's already proven that he's uh, been uh, competitive in in Cup. So I think that's. The difference between him and Haley Deegan there so uh yeah definitely uh somebody I think that we're going to look out for here in the next couple of seasons that's going to be really good uh I think if um you know with uh, what he's been able to do in the legacy cars can he do that inspire cars so uh you know we'll see if that's that's the difference or not but uh yeah definitely uh somebody that we're going to have to look out for in the next couple of years yeah it's uh I mean I we're gonna see what he's done uh made a big step in his career with his truck prowess and we don't know he might end up getting to the final four and have a chance to win a championship there uh, a protege of ross chastain and everything with, with um nice and if he once he leaves nice then i don't know what's going to happen with them because he's basically carried them on his back but we'll see what happens with all that um deegan's going to be what she's going to be and we'll keep on uh, looking at whatever's going on accordingly. Uh, the schedule uh, came out for all three uh, major national series. Um, we'll um, gonna go and see if I can. Yeah, the so we'll start with uh, the truck series schedule uh, next year. They're gonna, of course, they start with Daytona. They run three consecutive races. Uh, Daytona, Atlanta, Las Vegas before an off week. Then they run uh, Bristol, 
on the uh, first of two races at Bristol will be on the concrete, not on dirt, the first race. And then Coda, they'll have another off week before they go to Martinsville in Texas, where they move the Texas race back to the spring. Two more weeks off, uh, then they run five in a row. Uh, Kansas, Darlington, North Wilkesboro, which is the All-Star Weekend, Charlotte, and uh, which is Coke 600 Weekend, and then Gateway before the real fun starts. Uh, they'll take three weeks off, race at Nashville, another week off, two races at Pocono and IRP, two weeks off, and then the um, they'll race at Richmond. And then the, I don't know if that's uh, July, the July and August weekends, I think, are the ones for the Olympics. I might be wrong, but whatever. It's the, the truck series schedule just kind of is goofy. Uh, to say the least they'll run richmond that'll be the cutoff for the playoffs they'll have an off week before they go to milwaukee then they'll have two weeks to get to bristol and kansas back to back they'll race three weeks in a row actually kansas will be the cutoff for the round of 10 start the round of eight with talladega they'll have a couple of off weeks go to homestead and then they'll uh, couple last two off weeks of the year then they'll race three races and three weeks in a row Homestead, Martinsville, and Phoenix yet again holding the uh, championship for whatever reason. Um, in the Xfinity Series, they'll race uh, 33 races again. Uh, it's been the norm in the Truck Series for many years. It was 25, now it's 23. Uh, in Xfinity, 33 races. They start the year with four consecutive races, Daytona, Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Phoenix before a week off. Then they'll race six races, six weeks in a row, Coda, Richmond, Martinsville, Texas, Talladega, and Dover. Then they have Darlington sandwiched in between uh, two off weeks. And uh, after that, May 18th, which is the All-Star Weekend, uh, they will race, what is it, four, six, nine races in a row. And... Uh, with Charlotte, Portland, Snoroma, Iowa, which, uh, of course, will be on the Cup schedule as well. I'll return to Iowa for the first time in a few years for Xfinity, New Hampshire, Nashville, the Chicago Street Course, Pocono, and uh, IMS Oval instead of um, the road course. I wish they were running at IRP. That's what they should be doing. And then the Olympic break is uh, three weeks off. So, yeah, that worked out with the truck series um, before they go to Michigan, Daytona, Darlington, um, Atlanta, Watkins Glen, and Bristol, which is the cutoff for the playoffs. The Xfinity playoffs do not start until the end of September next year because of the Olympic break. They'll race Kansas, Talladega, and Charlotte, the Charlotte Roval, so it's a wild round then vegas homestead martinsville which hasn't which doesn't change and then phoenix so the last four races stay the same um essentially the, the playoff itself doesn't change like the bristol was where the playoff started last this year but instead it's the cutoff so that's xfinity and then cup series uh the olympic break is what stands out of course uh for them that's the, they have, outside of those two weeks, uh, they do not have an off, those are the only two off weeks that the Cup Series has the whole year. 
Um, they start, of course, at the Clash on February 4th, which is uh, the week before the Super Bowl. And um, at the Coliseum, then they race uh, They race uh, the Daytona 500 on the 18th, um, February 18th. Then they go to Atlanta, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Bristol, uh, Coda. Martin or Richmond is going to be on Easter night at uh, at uh, yeah Sunday. Yeah, it'll be on Easter Sunday night at Richmond, which will be something and very cold. Uh, they'll race at Martinsville, Texas, Talladega, Dover, uh, Kansas, and Darlington. To and Darlington will be on Mother's Day weekend before uh, they run the All Star race. Uh, the you, Rest of the Fox portion of the schedule is Coca-Cola 600, Gateway, and Snoroma. So that'll be the first 16 races. Uh, Father's Day weekend returns as a a date for a race. It used to be at Michigan for many, many years. Now Iowa Speedway will host their first ever cup race uh, on Father's Day Sunday uh, night on USA for that race. Then um, they'll go to... New Hampshire, uh, New- Nashville, the Chicago Street Course, Pocono, and the Brickyard 400, the 30th anniversary of the Brickyard 400, which will then lead into the uh, no, Olympic break. So they'll race 20, essentially 23 weeks in a row. To They'll race for six months. Basically, for six months, there's going to be a race, a Cup Series race, uh, uh, until until they get a break. And then they'll race out. They'll run out the last fourteen weeks of the season consecutively. Richmond, Michigan, Daytona is not the cutoff this coming year. The Darlington Southern Five Hundred will be instead of the first race in the playoff. They'll be the cutoff, which will be something. Uh, the playoffs start with Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is a super speedway type race. Watkins Glen for the first time. Uh, since they returned to uh, NASCAR, the NASCAR schedule in 1986 has been moved from their August date uh, to September. So that'll be interesting how that all works out weather-wise. And then Bristol will be the cutoff of the round of 16. Kansas, Talladega, Charlotte is the same as uh, this year. Uh, then Las Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville, same as this year, and Phoenix. So the only real the adjustments in the playoff is in the first round. The second and third and you know, final round are all the same racetracks. But some changes there. Two races at Atlanta, not really too keen on that. Uh, moving the Glen into the playoff. I mean, I love Watkins Glen, so I don't really mind it. But when you consider how this car races on road courses, is that really the best uh, track to be going to? Uh, I mean, the Roval is a carnage-filled deal, but, I mean, are we really getting the best out of it? If we're racing at Watkins Glen, it was a runaway this year. Um, the rest of these races, I mean, Talladega is Talladega. I'll never be a fan of it, but uh, the other races I can kind of deal with outside of Phoenix. Phoenix is terrible, but we're stuck having to deal with having Phoenix on the schedule for two races. Uh, having the Brickyard 400 back is great. Also, with it leading into the Olympic break is cool. Um, 
in the 30th anniversary so hopefully there'll be a, a lot of uh history and throwback or maybe i don't know about throwback schemes but you know a lot of uh discussions about the days of you know whether it's jeffy or jimmy or tony uh all the winning they did there biggie etc etc dale jarrett of course being on the nbc telecast i'm sure they'll talk about it because he's a three-time winner there Chicago returns for a second year, so that'll be interesting. Iowa Speedway, for the first time ever, gets on the Cup schedule. They're a month. Their race for the Cup and Xfinity Series is a month before the IndyCar doubleheader. So we'll see how that affects uh, the uh, attendance there. Uh, Texas moves back to the spring, uh, where they were for many, many years. That's where their first date was um, in the springtime in April. So that'll uh, probably be a lot. Uh, more palatable for the fans to go to uh, richmond racing on easter sunday night uh, last couple of years it's been uh, bristol dirt uh, but instead it moves back a couple weeks there so um yeah we went through all the schedules certain changes i mean the truck series schedule is really disjointed and i don't know they should probably cut down to 20 races and start their season later I think it would make more sense to condense their schedule. They don't have to race at Daytona. If you really want to race at Daytona, they could race at in Daytona in July or August or whatever instead of opening the season there. I think it's stupid uh, because also when you consider in the truck series, they just yard sale half the vehicles there too. Uh, they, they used to for years and years at 25 races, uh, but I think the way the series is now and the way the purses are, they'd be better off having less. Uh, you go and have, you have uh, 14, what is it, 12 races or something, and then, or something like that. You'll run the first 12 races of the season or 14 races, and that leaves six races. So three, three, or no, three and two, and no, that doesn't work. So I'm trying to figure out the number it would be. So it was like 14, uh, 317, 321. I don't know. I, I guess a two-race round probably would be anticlimactic, but I don't know. I think uh, if it were me, I would do a three-race round just like they do in these other rounds instead of having a one-race playoff um, win-and-take-all kind of deal. Um, it would probably be a little bit more. It'll be fairer than what they have right now. Uh, so if they did a 20-race schedule, you could run the first 14 races uh, of the season, eliminate down to whatever eight drivers and then after three races eliminate down to four and have a three race championship and if you're and whatever affect the points accordingly and and determine a champion that way but that would be me uh what did you uh what did you think josh about the schedules and some of the changes i mean obviously you're in the you go to daytona uh for the races there so how does uh the change of moving daytona back affect your possibility of going to watch the coke zero 400 and anything else that really stood out to you i i think logistically i mean like for me going to daytona i don't think it changes like the ability to go to daytona or anything like that um uh i mean in fact it, the weekend might work out better for me uh personally but uh on that weekend but uh i do think it does change the intensity of it being a, 
uh, you know, elimination, you know, cutoff race in terms of the regular season. Um, obviously, it's still a wild card race because uh, things can still uh, happen where somebody gets eliminated or not eliminated, but um, has to race their way in uh, in the playoffs. Just like at you know Talladega in the spring, you know, obviously there's opportunity there, um, and I still think there's going to be you know the same kind of the same level of uh desperation but uh I did, you know the all the attention that they you know put on putting making this the elimination race um and how they marketed it the last couple of years like why is this race supposed to be important you know now that we've moved it from its traditional date on the 4th of July uh you know it does lose some of that and then moving the uh cutoff race to Darlington um, obviously now we're going to, um, there's going to be no surprises, and uh, you know, who has the you know last, last chance to, uh, make it in. And of course, if somebody does make it in, it's cause it's going to be because they, they figured out the setup at Darlington and they were able to handle, uh, that track. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, from that perspective, yeah, that's kind of interesting, you know, why they switched it up and talked about it in recent weeks, uh, of course, but having the schedule tied to the TV broadcaster and, uh, having the Olympic break, uh, put in, um, yeah, I think that does hamper their decision-making, uh, for how they want to market the sport. Um, I I think if they're going to have a two week break, they may as well just adopt formula one's idea and have form, you know, have a two week break built in at the end of the summer or in the middle of the summer, uh, and give them off time mandatory, not just because, you know, the worldwide sporting event is going on and you have, uh, the broadcaster and broadcasting personalities, you know, Rick Allen, Dale Jr., uh, Lee Diffie, uh, Marty Snyder, probably all going to be, uh, in, uh, the Olympics in Paris. So, you know, from that perspective, um, you know, they may as well just have that in built in every year and, uh, still, still trying to figure, like, understand, like, why they had to switch the, the dates, like, so they, I guess, I guess they had to have, uh, Darlington on the, uh, Labor Day weekend, and then, because they're pushing it everything week back, so they had to have Darlington on Labor Day weekend, Daytona still, still has on the same calendar date, but it's just the schedule itself being pushed back, and then, I, I I don't really understand starting out with Atlanta, uh, both, you know, in the, uh, beginning of the year after Daytona and then, uh, you know, at the end of, or the start of the playoffs, uh, cause then it definitely leads to a lot of carnage, uh, going in. And, you know, I was listening to Denny Hamlin's podcast earlier, you know, before, before this show. And, you know, he's talking about you know, how the schedule doesn't really show who's the best driver, uh, throughout the year, it's just who gets the most lucky. And, you know, I think at certain points during the season, you definitely, the luck, uh, is more of a factor than, uh, the actual ability of, uh, the drivers and to test who is the best driver in the cup series. So I kind of agree with that. And yeah, starting out, uh, the schedule with, uh, Atlanta is, uh, really questionable. Uh, also don't really get Watkins Glen going into, uh, the playoffs. Obviously it's going to be its most high profile race. Uh, but, uh, Watkins Glen, uh, the last, you know, couple of years has been as good as it was previously, uh, with, uh, the next gen cars. So, uh, it, 
yeah, because it obviously races too good at road courses because it's a road course car, not a, a stock car. So, um, you know, every everything uh, on the schedule, I mean, certain parts I like. Uh, I mean, Iowa Speedway, I think, you know, for years they were talking about getting it uh, on the Cup Series, you know, before it went away on the Cup schedule or on the, you know, Xfinity schedule. Now they are bringing it back onto the Cup schedule, and I guess they were able to work it out with uh, the IndyCar people and because you know obviously they have their big weekend there as well so um i think i was actually race a little bit differently than uh what people have expected from short tracks i think just because it's so worn out and there's uh so many uh lane choices there at that racetrack i think it's gonna uh probably take you know mask uh, some of the deficiencies that we've seen with next gen on short tracks and it being uh hard to pass so um i think it's you know, as long as Goodyear brings a decent tire, I think, you know, you're going to see tires chewed up throughout the weekend and provide a lot of, uh, uh, variance in the running order throughout that race. So yeah, that should be interesting there. Um, of course, Texas Motor Speedway out of the playoffs, which is a good thing. Uh, and I guess it goes back to their, uh, spring date, uh, back in the spring. Uh, of course, uh, I would, I would say just to have Texas and Coda back to back, they probably would never agree to it. But uh, you know, logistically, you know, you have the you know you start at Daytona, go to Atlanta, and you have the spring West Coast uh, swing there, Las Vegas, Phoenix, and then you go to Bristol, and then you go back to Coda. So you know, going going to Tennessee from Phoenix, and then going to Texas, back to Virginia, and then two races in Virginia in Martinsville and Richmond, and then you go back to Texas. Uh, there's so that I feel like logistically in terms of, I mean, they still have to go back to North Carolina, I guess. So it still doesn't make quite as much sense there, but, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, logistically, I feel like it's just easier if you have consecutive races and, uh, uh, you know, in the same state and just get them out of the way, I guess, in terms of that. But, um, maybe that doesn't work out as well as what I you know thought of when you have to continuously travel back to North Carolina or wherever to get cars and stuff. So uh, that's interesting. Um, obviously, they get rid of uh, the uh, Bristol dirt and replacing the date with uh, Richmond uh, on uh, Easter Sunday night. So uh, we'll see how that works out uh, with the next gen there on a Sunday night race in the spring. Um, yeah, and then the uh, Nashville Super Speedway it was a night race in uh last year or this season and then last year it was supposed to be a daytime race and then it rained and then it turned into a night race uh, and it you know ended up being interesting there so uh yeah i mean and then of course uh the indianapolis motor speedway returning to the oval uh big you know significant anniversary there so they had to do that for the 30th anniversary uh and then of course you know with them switching back to the oval why didn't the uh, get rid of the Charlotte Roval and go back to uh, the, you know, running the Oval for uh, the date that the Charlotte Roval is on there instead, because obviously the Coke 600 last couple of years has been interesting with the, the next gen car. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, interesting choices here and, yeah, some questionable decisions by uh, NASCAR. And obviously, like I said, it kind of shows the, uh, decision making when you're tied to a tv partner for one half of the year and uh, everything you have to wonder if they have to start rethinking that so that uh they're not 
bound by uh, the TV partner and everything. And of course, the TV partner uh, and Fox saying that, well, we need to have two super speedways to start the year uh, with uh, Daytona and Atlanta, the fake super speedway. So uh, yeah, that's a lot of interesting decision there. And uh, we'll see uh, how well it works out uh, and everything. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm not like too broken up about it, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, that's, um, something that shows, uh, I guess the priorities and, uh, that they have, uh, in NASCAR. So, yeah, I mean, still, still gonna be an interesting season, I bet, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely going to play out, uh, a lot differently than what we've seen, uh, in the past couple of years. And we'll see what happens. I mean, they just want to go and destroy a lot of race cars, I think, is what uh, what Fox is all about. They want to have stupid highlight reel crashes um, to talk about to start the season. It almost, when you're starting with the Daytona 500, which is the biggest race, it's a race that everyone wants to win, but you're determining it in a manner which you're basically waiting for somebody to make a mistake and destroy half the field. Um, and then Atlanta, which is just a joke, but whatever. Uh, they don't need two races. Uh, if you're going to have them open the playoffs, then they could end up not being on the schedule or whatever. You could move, run a different place. I I am also of the... Because if you're going to take away races from the Northeast and make them only have one race weekend a year, you can do that with places like Darlington, Daytona, Talladega, Richmond, I mean, until you make a product that's actually functional on a super speedway or on a short track, you don't need two races at a lot of these tracks. It's it's dumb. And you could go to other places. And NASCAR, with all the money they make, they can invest in some of these places. They, but they're such they're they're full of crap, is what it is, and why they don't do that. Well, we'll see what happens with the schedule and how everything kind of. Uh, uh, lands or goes out there um accordingly all right let's move over to formula one the qatar grand prix which saw a lot of people getting sick a lot of people having issues during the day uh, sprint race weekend you know saw oscar piastri get his first uh, victory as a formula one driver albeit not official but in a sprint race after qualifying uh on pole and then um, Fish Lips getting the championship with uh, relative, uh, relatively no resistance in that uh, deal. Uh, did have a bad start, but was able to recover. Three safety cars, uh, a lot of argy-bargy going on. While uh, Fish Lips uh, ends up winning the championship, Sergio Perez has a horrendous weekend. And now um, one uh, Karen Horner's come out and said they don't have a top driver lineup anymore like other teams do well no shit uh when you go and run out drive run drivers out the door that were plenty capable uh you're not going to have that and sergio perez hasn't been a top line driver uh since winning at azerbaijan to be fair uh the race itself the actual uh grand prix itself saw fish lips run away uh with uh without much of an issue after the first lap uh, incident uh, which um, George Russell I think they talked about it in the pre-race 
because of the tires situation that Pirelli didn't bring good or good tires for this racetrack, the curbs being an issue, uh, the it was looking like a situation like Indianapolis 2005, but instead they couldn't park all the cars. They ended up mandatory making mandatory pit stops. It sounds like during the tire wars time of uh, in NASCAR back in the late 80s or or whatever, when they were having to mandate pit stops, and even in '94, uh, you know, when they're mandating pit stops. But I think it actually added something to the race in that you made these pit crews. Um, do six pit stops in some cases seven and the variance and how they were able to keep that efficiency through seven pit stops or six pit stops during the day but in lewis hamilton's case his tire situation was not ideal he was on soft tires he was in a position where he could have possibly went and gotten around max for stopping um and taking the lead which on soft tires who knows how long that really would have lasted but he was in a position where he needed to get a lead or get himself in a uh, advantageous position, but George Russell uh, essentially didn't uh, acknowledge that he was out there. I uh, got sandwiched, uh, I guess, and then in the end, he, um, him and Lewis get into a, uh, an incident. Um, Lewis gets knocked out on the spot, gets fined for crossing the racetrack um, after said incident. Uh, George Russell goes all the way to tailback and comes back to finish fourth. The McLarens end up uh, benefiting from the Mercedes carnage. Oscar Piastri, after a sprint win, finishes second. Uh, Lando Norris finishes third. Russell Leclerc uh, round out the top five. Fernando Alonso was sixth. He was up front early in the race. Ocon, uh, Botas, and Joe give Alfa Romeo six crucial points. And uh, Sergio Perez, after a nightmare weekend and getting a lot of penalties, uh, ends up finishing 10th. Gasly had a bunch of track limit penalties. Albon, amongst, I don't know how many guys had uh, track limit penalties. So it was pretty ridiculous how that all worked out. Uh, Sainz didn't even start the race because he had a power unit issue, uh, technical issue. Lewis falls out not even two corners into the race. Logan Sargent parks his car because he was going to hurl and pass out. Um, there are a lot of guys that were in bad shape. I think uh, Russell, by the end of the race, was so bad off that he basically gave... He was within 10 seconds of Lando Norris, and by the end of the race, he was 29 seconds behind Lando Norris because he was getting sick. A bunch of guys were getting sick at the end of the race. Um, the joke, I, I mean, it was in, I didn't want to make it cause it was in bad taste. So in poor taste, uh, on the grid talk, I and mean, that's not the kind of show you want to make that, but the watching uh, fish lips win makes me physically ill, but all these drivers were getting ill because of the heat and the dehydration and all the stuff. And then having a sprint weekend too, it was a total clusterfuck, um, at, at Qatar, the track itself, I don't think, is a bad track for Formula One. They only have one DRS zone, but there are a couple other places where you can pass. But having uh, the race in, at this time of the year is probably not good. Uh, they're going to be racing in December next year uh, when they run uh, for Formula. I think it might end up being the season finale or the next to last race of the season. So hopefully that solves that issue. Hopefully by then they also solve the issues with the tires and the curbing 
because it's not something safety is a paramount uh, concern for sure. But yeah, Fish Lips gets his 14th win of the year uh, after going and getting the championship. McLaren gets a double podium, and uh, you know it's been a great run for them uh, here since Silverstone, and it uh, they're they're looking like they could get themselves fourth in the constructors' championship the way things are going, uh, Josh. But I mean, status quo up front, right at the top. But McLaren is uh, making their presence known. Um, and possibly putting their their mark on possibly contending for the first time since 2012 for a World Drivers Championship and a Constructors Championship. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, besides Max for stopping winning, which is yeah definitely not surprising there. Um, yeah, I think the last you know, few races or so, McLaren has really turned a corner and they've you know gotten a d- another double podium here in Qatar. So, uh, yeah, as long as they continue their pace, you know, throughout the end of the year and uh, build on that and come out next year and they uh, have uh, speed, yeah, I definitely think that they could have a chance at uh, potentially competing for a, a driver's championship and definitely in the running for a constructor's championship. Uh, they definitely have uh, been able to work well together with uh, Piastri and Norris. So, um, you know, I think they, you know, as long as they continue to get good results, they definitely can put themselves in position to, um, you know, get out of uh, the midfield, which they've been stuck in for the last, you know, two or three seasons and uh, go out and get a, a potential content, you know, contender for um, the uh, constructors championship, uh, and everything, possibly a driver's championship as well. So yeah, um, obviously they've been working hard, you know, the last couple of years and, you know, they are finally now getting good results as, as a team. So, uh, yeah, for, uh, McLaren, good, re- good result there. And, you know, maybe finally, uh, Lando Norris will finally get a win, uh, in Formula One. So, you know, we'll see, uh, what happens there. But, uh, as far as the race itself, yeah, uh, you know, you talk about mandatory pit stops because of uh, the track limits and uh, concerns over uh, the curbs uh, at circuit corners and how the severe edge of uh, issue, uh, you know, to the tires, to the surface, uh, with how the cars are running over the curbs. Uh, and then, of course, you know, they tried to make an adjustment in the sprint, but because the sprint uh, was interrupted for multiple safety cars, they couldn't get enough data and. Uh, then they decide to cap the stint limits at uh, 18 laps uh, there. So, um, yeah, it makes it interesting in terms of strategy of when to pit, I guess. Uh, you know, it's almost like having stage yellows in NASCAR and, um, you know, having uh, the Brickyard 400 in 2008 kind of like that in a, a way as well. So, um, yeah, unfortunate for Pirelli, and they, you know, couldn't figure that part out, and uh, the track design as well uh for for this racetrack having a factor in that yeah that's um, something that you don't want as well so um yeah that was obviously a factor that makes it interesting but um i think you know if you're racing team or racing driver you definitely don't want to be capped uh and have to deviate from what your strategy is uh you know throughout the the season and and uh what you plan to have your strategy uh, be and then have to change it in the middle of a weekend. Uh, that's definitely not what you want to have, and definitely puts a d- 
different wrinkle into the weekend that you uh, shouldn't expect to have. So, um, you know, you have that. And, of course, the heat issues as well with uh, Qatar, um, you know, drivers being dehydrated. And then also on top of that, you run a sprint race. Uh, so that adds to, um, you know, needing to stay hydrated and everything. So, um, yeah, that's obviously not a, a ideal issue there. And uh, you have to wonder if, um, you know, maybe it's too hot uh, in this region to, to run. And, um, you know, I think if uh, they should run, I think with the track issues that they've had, you know, maybe you have to reconsider having this race uh, on the schedule. So, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of similar to uh, heat issues and other series that we've seen in recent years. So, you know, definitely uh, not an ideal thing for these drivers to go through that and have to worry about that. So, um, yeah, that's that was an interesting part. And then, I, you know, of course, the issue with uh, Hamilton and uh, George Russell, uh yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you there. Just a racing incident, really. But, um, you know, I think, you know, Lewis and uh, George Russell, you know, they've got to figure figure something out here because, uh, you know, they just haven't been able to uh, be on the same page as of late. And now they're causing issues for themselves, um, you know, because I think they're both two competitive drivers. You, know, you have George Russell trying to prove himself in Formula 1. You have uh, Lewis Hamilton trying to, trying to claw and get everything he can, uh, before time runs out for him. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, Lewis, uh, unfortunate that he got taken out early there and, you know, possible, uh, podium finish potentially, you know, with the good start, uh, that he had on soft tires, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, taking away a potential good finish there. So, yeah, we'll see what happens as, you know, we'll go into, uh, the U S Grand Prix coming up. Um, and you know, that track, obviously Coda, very interesting. So we'll see, you know, how the tires are affected there. And, um, you know, if, um, we see somebody else besides Max for stopping now, now that he's won all the races in the championship, does he just coast the rest of the year and let somebody else win? We'll see. I hope he would just not show up anymore, but I don't think we're going to get that, that wish. I think he's going to continue winning, uh, to set more records, uh, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully McLaren can uh, keep it interesting. Ferrari, uh, because they have qualifying pace, and maybe even Mercedes, can, they're going to bring a new floor uh, to Coda for the U.S. Grand Prix. Maybe that'll help uh, in in uh, that situation. Uh, yeah, the championship is over. Of course, for both championships, for the at least the winning the championships, the in terms of the drivers, Perez still holds second in the drivers' championship by 30 over Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Alonso is 11 points behind Lewis for third in the drivers. Carlos Sainz is fifth, eight points ahead of Charles Leclerc. Lando Norris is now in seventh. Uh, he is basically so there's four drivers there signs Leclerc, Norris and Russell separated by 21 points uh, between fifth and eighth Oscar Piastri's in his own uh, zip code uh, then you have uh, Stroll who ended up assaulting his uh, physio after another Q1 exit uh, proving once again that nepotism and being a piece of shit um doesn't mean that you'll lose your ride 
it just means that you just get to go and abuse people. Uh, he he's, leads Gasly by one point and Ocon by three points. Uh, so the two Alpines trying to get themselves into the top 10 or give themselves a chance at 10th in the driver's championship. Uh, Albon, then after that, Logan Sargent's the only full-time driver that hasn't scored points this year. So we'll see how he's able to respond uh, going into Coda for his home Grand Prix. I mean, the Miami race was essentially the closest thing to having a home Grand Prix for him, being a Florida kid. Uh, then they'll be racing at Coda, where he made uh, his uh, testing or made his practice debut last year. And then they'll be racing at Vegas. In terms of the constructors' standings, uh, Ferrari is 28 points behind Mercedes for second. Uh, McLaren is now only 11 points behind Aston Martin for fourth in the constructors. So that's likely going to go McLaren's way as it then uh, Alpine's on in their own world. Williams uh, hasn't scored points recently. Alfa Romeo getting those six points puts themselves right back in a position to possibly uh, get seventh in the constructors. They're only seven points behind Williams. Uh, Haas is ninth, four points behind Alfa Romeo. And um, Alfa Tori rounding out the rear there with five points. And the U.S. Grand Prix will be in a couple weeks' time, so we'll preview that on episode 191 of the Ripster podcast. Yeah, so uh, Josh mentioned uh, football, uh, Jacksonville getting a big win against the Buffalo Bills, taking two out of two in their London trip, uh, much needed after what has been a, a rough start to the season for the Jaguars. The Niners put a woodshed whipping on uh uh, sleep number bed and uh, the Dallas Cowgirls uh, they really weren't in that game at all and uh, it was fun to watch Brock Purdy threw four touchdown passes three of them to George Kittle who uh, it's his birthday today so happy birthday GK favorite football player um, he has a smoking hot wife and a smoking hot sister on top of that but um he's a great football player is going to be a future wwe champion or wherever he decides to go wrestle after he finishes his football career christian mccaffrey uh extended his uh streak to 14 consecutive games with a touchdown kyle Uschek got a touchdown jordan mason got a touchdown uh basically if you're on offense for the 49ers there's a pretty good opportunity that you're going to get a touchdown uh, because the Dallas Cowboys decided not to play defense, I guess. Um, Dan Quinn's vaunted defense got absolutely picked apart. And um, so uh, injury-wise, Dallas uh, got hit with the injuries. Niners, you know, knock on wood, were relatively all right. Um, injury-wise, little nicks here and there, but nothing uh, severe. Uh, Buffalo lost... Um, Going into some of the key injuries, Buffalo lost Matt Milano for the year, broken leg and uh, a knee, so bad situation for them after losing Tredavious White the week before. Uh, Anthony Richardson adds to his list of injuries he's had so far in his rookie year. Now he's got an AC joint sprain, so he's going to be out, it looks like, for a month. So Gardner Minshew, the former Jacksonville Jaguar, 
who they signed to be their backup, is going to be the starter. It looks like at least for a month to six weeks. Uh, you have other guys. Uh, Justin Jefferson injured his hamstring uh, yesterday during that Minnesota loss. They should have probably won that game, but it is the Chargers, etc. You know, like that's kind of what seems to occur. Um, yeah, Ayuk was fine. Tank Dell's in concussion protocol. Uh, trying to go through here, go through my team at least. Uh, this team, Raheem Mostert ends up uh, getting, he. they put him as questionable. He's got a knee injury of some sort. He's had issues with his knees, with ACLs and all that over the years. Uh, wasn't as productive as a-chan, so something to look at as the rest of the season goes. Jeff Wilson is eligible to come off of uh, the IR. Jameer Gibbs did not play because of a hamstring injury, and he's now, I mean, obviously he isn't their lead running back. David uh, Montgomery is their lead running back, so for people that drafted him, drafted Jameer Gibbs, are just basically getting annihilated. Um, go into uh, other injuries. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Smith was a ghost yesterday, which was pretty bad uh, for me. The A.J. Brown got a lot, and uh, other guys were feasting, but it was not a pretty sight for Devontae Smith owners. Uh, Khalil Herbert uh, injured uh, as a high ankle sprain uh, after uh, suffered a high ankle in the uh, win on Thursday night, so now he's going to be out a while. Um, it's bad to see for sure. Um, trying to go through here, yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown was out last week uh, with a ab abdominal issue, so uh, something to look at as we go through the rest of the season for the Detroit Lions' number one wide receiver, amongst other injuries that. Uh, came up during this weekend uh fantasy wise my team in the uh in the um fall ball league got destroyed by wilson's team uh which is just which is unfortunate but you know that's i guess what happens some weeks you are it's like sometimes you're the bug sometimes you're the windshield and you know that's really what uh what kind of leads to that and then uh I mean, that's really where we go with that. And then um, otherwise, uh, yeah, I mean, Niners get the win. I've, I'm winning in two of my leagues. I have to check the, the Dynasty one. The Dynasty one I have to go and check uh, out of curiosity. Uh, it looks like, because it was somewhat of a contest. Oh, no, so we're good. Uh, we're actually going to win our first game of the season. So that's nice. It's nice to finally get a win um to yeah so that's uh that's that for me on my end uh josh uh i mean your jaguars get that those two wins uh looks like things might be turning around as you have some crucial games as you come back home uh to this side of the pond and i mean the niners are going to be playing the jaguars coming off of their bye in a few weeks time so that'll be something to look at uh, probably in a month from now, but right now the Jaguars are in a division that's wide open. Uh, Tennessee is just scuffling. Houston takes a loss uh, to Atlanta. Uh, 
yesterday on a late drive. Then Indianapolis right now has got a lot of issues injury-wise. So Jacksonville, even with the start that they've had, uh, still on pace to go and uh, meet the goal of getting the division win and getting into the playoffs. It's just that it uh, hasn't been as pretty as you probably wanted it to be. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the question of this year's team uh, with the Jaguars. You know, um, I think we expected them to look like what the Dolphins look like right now on the offense with the addition of Calvin Ridley to the offense, you know, Trevor in his second year under Doug Peterson and, uh, you know, the continued emergence of Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. Uh, But it hasn't been like that. And, you know, I think these all three of the wins that they've had been pretty much a grinded out type of wins uh, on the season. And, I mean, it's because, you know, they decided not to uh, do anything in free agency and um, they uh, were unable to correctly self-scout the issues on offensive line and uh, unable to bolster up the defensive line. Uh, properly so it's going to be things we deal with throughout the rest of the season but you know this win here against the bills uh you know we got a you know grinded out type of win like i said um because the score was uh you know 11 to 7 for a good chunk of that game and then you know at the end uh travis Etienne was able to get a uh two touchdowns so that definitely helped me uh in fantasy which i'm i'm glad uh you know trevor lawrence uh Touchdown to Zay Jones, uh, so they forgot about Zay again there. So uh, got to another uh, score there, uh, and that helped me in fantasy as well. So um, you know, for uh, the Jags, uh, you know Trevor Lawrence, Ethan doing well for me in fantasy. Uh, so hopefully that continues. Um, yeah, and then defensively, uh, you know they were able to put the Bills in the situations uh, that they didn't want to be in and. Uh, causing them to struggle uh, throughout the game. So, uh, yeah, Josh Allen versus Josh Allen again. Uh, Jaguars, Josh Allen wins. Uh, Bills are fake, in my opinion. I think they're one of the, you know, as long as they as long as they continue to not run the ball uh, that often and uh, put put it all on Josh Allen, I don't think they're going to go anywhere uh, in the, the playoffs uh, as far as, you know, being a, a championship contending team. So, um, yeah, and also because the Jaguars beat them, you know, if they go in the playoffs, that's a very crucial tiebreaker to have uh, against the Bills uh, when it comes to the playoff seeding and home field potential home field advantage, or at least temporary home field advantage. So, uh, yeah, you got that uh, and everything. And, yeah, the good win there. And, of course, some injuries on offensive linemen as well. Uh, Walker Little had a knee injury and then – uh, Cam Robinson had an injury as well, so uh, still a little bit dinged up there. And uh, I mean, I think Cam Robinson came back in the game, but Walker a little left, so uh, that's uh, for offensive line. Still some issues there, so you know we'll see. We'll see how it happens. Uh, you know, I think they definitely played a little bit better offensively with Cam Robinson back in the lineup uh, at left tackle. So uh, although they still had some issues there as far as uh, penalties and. Uh, stuff and um, protection. Trevor had uh, two uh, fumbles lost in the red zone uh, in crucial situations. So, uh, 
you know, still a little bit to work on, but yeah, definitely a grind it out type of game. And uh, yeah, Gardner Minshew and the Colts uh, coming to Northeast Florida to play uh, against the Jaguars next weekend. So uh, early divisional matchup with both of them having a uh, a good record right now. So uh, you know, we'll see if um, uh, you know the Jaguars can continue to build on their success here in London and go out and get a win against a divisional opponent, get a win against uh, one of the former players that they drafted, someone that uh, you know, I think a lot of people still like here in Jacksonville. So a uh, bit of a bit of a homecoming there, I think. I think Minshew still has a house here, he may or may not. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And you know, I think as long as they keep him in the pocket this game, uh, I think they'll have an easy victory. That's how you shut down Minshew is you don't let him get outside the pocket and create like – he was able to do when he was here in Jacksonville. So, uh, yeah, the uh, game next weekend, that's going to be interesting. I'll be there. So uh, looking forward to going to the game um, and everything. So uh, that's good. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I already talked about Trevor and ETN. Got a big game from uh, Brock Purdy, of course. So I was watching that game. Uh, Debo had some points as well. So uh, that was good. Uh yeah, and then I had good good output from uh, Lejavius Sneed or Lejarius Sneed on uh, defense. Uh, Gus Edwards uh, didn't really do anything, but uh, got enough points there to help me out and get a get a good uh, good win. Uh, are you trying to change the the points because I looked earlier and it was like two hundred one, and then I looked earlier again and it was one ninety three, and then as far as like the total points uh, scored, I adjusted the the whatever scoring. So okay, right. So it's I think I put it back to what it was. So yeah, now it's back to what it could be. Your um, your uh, you won your matchup. You won it by nearly a hundred points. Yep. So you'll be yep. the blowout winner this week. Uh, so you move up to fifth. Uh, you're only a few points behind me, actually, for fourth. Uh, there's, uh, what is it, one, two, three, four teams at three and two. Uh, as it stands right now, um, Steve is going to take the lead. He'll be at five and zero oh after beating uh, Luke. Luke takes his first loss of the season. So that'll be uh, something. Joe uh, stays uh, winless. Manny has uh, lost four games in a row after winning uh, week one. Um, what is it? Um, Jeff gets his first win of the year. So that'll be something. We'll see how that all works out. It's a very tight uh, between third and seventh is a game. So uh, points-wise, of course, it all uh, depends. So we'll see about how that all that goes. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely uh, crushed Manny here. Good to crush a Steelers fan there. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I think, yeah, being carried right now by Trevor and ETN and Brock Purdy. Uh, and Joe proposed a trade to me, so uh, I'll see if about that. Uh, he wanted me to trade a running back for a wide receiver, uh, but... Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, uh, Josh Reynolds, maybe he's coming into it because he had some points this week. Uh, and um, um, yeah, Michael Pittman. We'll see how he does with Minshew in the lineup. 
uh, versus uh, Anthony Richardson. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, and, um, yeah, I think uh, we'll see how it goes next week. Um, but, yeah, good to have a winning record again after not having, uh, you know, falling to two and two. So, uh, good win there. And, um, yeah, making it into uh, week five and we get out of there and go to week six, uh, looking to see who we play this week. I play uh, Wilson next week, so that should be interesting with uh, how uh, you know his team's been doing. He's been kind of up and down compared to the past, so it's not as not as strong as what he was in the last couple of years. So uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I think I'm playing. I have to go and see uh, out of. I have to go and check it out because I was looking at Stat Tracker uh, week six. The the uh, lineup. I'll be playing Luke. Uh, next week, if you mentioned you'll be playing Wilson, uh, Jeff will be playing uh, Steve, Joe, and uh, Joe and Matt will be playing each other, and then Manny and Vic. So that'll be week six uh, matchups uh, going in. I fall from three and one to three and two. Uh, there was four teams at two and two, so they see how that goes there. So uh, okay. All right, so that's football for now. Uh, the Raiders are up 17-13 to 13 with less than two minutes to go in the fourth quarter here Monday night football. So we'll see uh, if the Raiders can actually hold on for a victory. Um, Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels and his inability to win games because he's a mediocrity and all. Uh, the GSP Roundup, we uh, will start with... The Bathurst 1000, Brody Kostecki ended up winning the poll for the Bathurst 1000, uh, but in the end falls uh, 20 seconds uh, short. He was in second place, finished 20 seconds behind uh, the winners, which are Shane Van Gisbert and Richie Stanaway. Uh, they started fifth. The Triple uh, A team, Red Bull team, gets that victory. Shane Van and wins back-to-back Bathurst 1000s to before he goes and comes here to the U.S. So that'll be something uh, for him. Uh, the as I mentioned earlier, the 88 car of of uh, Brock Feeney and Jamie Wincup, they were leading for a good amount of the race uh, and were looking likely to win. Uh, the Bathurst 1000, but unfortunately had issues uh, in in uh, after late in the race. So unfortunate for them, and uh, it hurts them in the point standings for sure as well. Uh, SVG and Stanaway, the winners over Brody Kostecki and David Russell. The uh, Dick Johnson Racing Shell V Power team of Anton Di Pasquale, Tony D'Alberto, first Ford uh, started. Uh, started or they were sixth yeah so they started sixth svg and um and then d pasquale d alberto started fifth Chaz mostert and lee holdsworth started ninth finished fourth david reynolds garth tander from seventh to fifth and then the tickford zero five of uh james courtney and zach best uh finished started 16th and finished sixth so four fords in the top six there so interesting how that all worked out. Bryce Fullwood, Dean Fiore for Brad Jones Racing, Will Brown and Jack Perkins, uh, Jack LeBrock, Jaden Ojeda, 
Ojeda, and then James Golding and Dylan O'Keefe, who started in the top six, um, started in fourth, ends up finishing 10th. Uh, the points, the driver standings now leading into the next round. Brody Kostecki, with six wins and seven poles this year, leads the points over Shane Van Gisbergen by one, three, one, you know, 131 points. Will Brown uh, is in third, you know, 20 or seven, 18 points ahead of Brock Feeney. Um, the leading Ford uh, driver is Chaz Mostert in fifth. Anton DeBesquale moves himself up to seventh in points. Uh, Cam Waters has a nightmare weekend. Former uh, uh, one of the better drivers at Bathurst in recent years has had issues this past weekend. So see how that all works out as they move to Adelaide uh, for the last race of the the their season. Or they're well, actually the next the next race. They have two race rounds to go. They'll be at the Gold Coast at Surfers Paradise and then Adelaide. Um, so that's the end of October and then the end of November at Adelaide. So two more rounds to go, uh, how for the supercars, MotoGP and Moto2 will be racing in Indonesia, uh, this coming weekend, the championship standings, Peko Bagnaya is three points out of Jorge Martin, uh, for the rider, the ride MotoGP world championship riders, Marco Basecki is third. Uh, 61 points out of Brad Binder, and Alicia Spargro is in fifth, nine points out of Johan Zarco, uh, Vinales, Marini, Miller, Quattararo round out the top 10. Mark Marquez announces that he's leaving Honda and likely is going to join Grassini to ride with his brother, um, Alex Marquez, uh, in um, that team. Still to be, be determined if he's going to be riding a uh, new uh, 24 uh, Ducati, or if he's going to be racing a 23-year-old uh, Ducati next year, uh, Mark Marquez, who will be racing, taking over his seat at Honda, is also to be determined. It looks like Iker Lakuona, the world superbike rider, former MotoGP rider, but we will find out what happens with that. In terms of the Moto2 uh, championship, Pedro Acosta uh, has a 50-point lead. He was also announced as a rider for Gas Gas. Um, he'll be racing with Augusto Fernandez next year. And uh, Pola Spargaro is going to take the year to be a test rider and run a bunch of wild cards. Uh, he was the one that took the debate and decided he will take the year off, essentially. I mean, he's not taking a year off, but he won't be a full-time rider. Um, that was close. Uh, it was a penalty or something going on. I don't know. It looks like a bunch of uh, uh, questions going on there. But, uh, yeah, it looks like the Raiders won. Uh, Arbolino in second. Jake Dixon in third. Kanet Lopez round out the top five. Kanet uh, Lopez, Chantra. If you go all the way down, you know, Chantra, Salik, Vietti, and Gonzalez all 20 points separate those those riders. Ayagura rounds out the top 10. In uh, NHRA, moving into the Texas Fall Nationals uh, this coming weekend at Dallas, uh, Texas Motorplex, Doug Coletta takes a 47-point lead into uh, 
Dallas uh, in his Mac Tools dragster over Leah Pruitt, 51 over Steve Torrance, 77 over Justin Ashley, and 96 over Antron Brown. In Funny Car, Bob Tasca is a six-point lead over Robert Height, 13 over Matt Hagen, and 33 over Ron Caps. Pro Stock Car, Eric Enders leads by 25 over Greg Anderson, 38 over Matt Hartford, 64 over Dallas Glenn, and 73 over Aaron Stanfield. And in Pro Stock Motorcycle, Gage Herrera, 99 points ahead of Matt Smith, um, 126 over Hector Rana, and 129 over Eddie Krawick. Um, Gage Herrera, basically, um, if he can get a round win or two, round at least a round win each race here for the next or for the next four races, I think he's probably going to end up winning his first uh, pro stock motorcycle title. Uh, I have a hard time seeing it not being the case there. So um, we'll see what happens uh, in terms of. The top alcohol dragster category, uh, Tony Stewart is uh, 3 and then 14, 9, 5, 50. No, that's not right. 6. It's 6 and 57. Yeah, it's six, 63 points behind Julie Nattis, who has run one less national event than Tony, and they've run the same amount of divisional events. I think you're able to run seven divisional events, so... Um, they have to both run one more of those. Uh, I think the maximum is eight in the national. So with the Lucas Oil Championship, each driver and top all earned points at the first five regional and first 10 nationals. A driver's best three regional and best seven national finishes from their eligible points. Okay, will con- constitute their Lucas Oil Drag Racing National Championship points total. Regional. Uh, for home region uh, points up to seven regional events, we credit with their best five. So still a lot to play for. Tony uh, still in position to possibly win the uh, top alcohol dragster title. Uh, he has two more national events he can put in for versus three for Natus. And, uh, you know, so the in terms of the regional, the divisional rounds of uh, it's a little closer. So see how that all works out. Petit Lamar coming up the end of the 2023 IMSA season. A lot of things moving in terms of sports cars, but uh, championships to be decided. The Drivers' Championship, you have the Wheel and Engineering 31 with Pippo Durrani and Alexander Sims. They'll have Jack Aiken as a third driver. Uh, they're trying to hold off the Porsche Penske Motorsports team of uh, Tandy and Jamine and uh, Lawrence Vantor. You have also uh, the Ricky Taylor, Philippe Albuquerque, Lee Deltraz, Konica Minolta, Acura. They're also in play, and I think one of the BMWs uh, is in that as well. Uh, last race for Meyer Shank Racing with Acura uh, before they give that car over to uh, Wayne Taylor and Andretti Racing. There will be 10 uh, GTP cars with the two uh, customer Porsches from JDC Miller and Proton. Uh, and then uh, the two BMWs have been there all year, the two Acuras, the two Porsches from Penske, and then the two Cadillacs from uh, Ganassi and uh, Wheel and Engineering. And LMP2, nine entries. The 
the championship has been determined i uh believe in that uh not the 52 but i think the 04 i gotta i shouldn't say that as though it's absolutely i should go and tell the lmp2 championship going okay so that wasn't championships on the line yeah joseph newgarden is gonna be uh making his debut at uh Petit Le Mans in a prototype driving the number seven with Matt Campbell and Felipe Nazar. So that'll be interesting. Um, Grand Sport Touring Car Class, Champions of Us, Michelin Pilot Challenge. That's not what I wanted. Um, yeah, so for LMP2, uh, there's a three, two of the three drivers in standings. LMP2 Pro-Am winner, Lassar, Stephen Thomas, George Kurtz. Thomas and Mikkel Jensen lead the standings in the number 11 TDS car, while uh, Paul Loop Chatin and Ben Keating, 20 points back in 52, failed by PR1 Matheson. Kurtz and Ben Hanley are 100 points back. So those are all um, all the teams that are involved in that for the uh, driver teams. And then also for the Truman Trophy, uh, Thomas Keating and Kurtz are all tied. Whoever finishes best will win the award and an invite to Le Mans next year. Uh, so that's uh, something to look at with how tight the field is and how condensed the field is in general. Uh, uh, trying to get three. Yeah, FAF Motorsports going to McLaren. I mentioned that. Um, Aston Martin's going to be racing in both IMSA and in uh, WEC uh, next in 2025 with their valkyrie uh car so that'll be uh cool to see that car uh, make it out on the grid in uh lmp3 uh you got awa of the andretti autosports actually running uh with glenn van burlo chavez jared andretti the last time they'll be racing in that category before they go and commit to gtd uh gtd There'll be um, last race also for Gar Robinson, Felipe Fraga, Josh Burdon, and the Riley 74. They'll be moving up to LMP2 next year. Uh, yeah, Pietro Fittipaldi coming back to race for uh, Rick Ware. Let's see some of these other ones. Yeah, Josh Pearson, blah, blah, blah. GTD Pro. Well, eight cars in uh, GTD Pro, two Ferraris, one from AF Corsa and one from Risi Competizione um, being added to the usual five cars that have made up, or, yeah, the and then also the Iron Lynx, number 63. Oh, no, they've been in the field, yeah, so that's been... So the Corvette, the last time the Corvette will be in this, uh, uh, the, the, with the GT2 uh, combination, Garcia, Taylor, and Milner, before they become a customer team, the Corvettes. Then you have uh, the last race for FAF as a Porsche team. Vassar Sullivan uh, with Hawksworth, Barnacote, Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, Harder Racing announced that they're going to be racing that Aston Martin in uh, GTP in a couple of years' time. Hawksworth, Barnacote, or I mean, Ross Gunn, Alex Ribeiros, David Pittard. Um, then uh, yeah, you have Iron Lynx with Lamborghini and two Ferraris. Uh, and then uh, WeatherTech with the Mercedes. GT Daytona, 19 cars in that field. Uh, the 
Paul Miller Racing's won the Sprint Cup, won the regular tie, or they won the title for uh, yeah the Sprint Cup, and then in general for the class. So it's just about the um, Michelin Endurance Championship for some of these uh, for some of these classes. I'm trying to see if there's any other like uh, changes from the usual teams that show up for uh these races and there isn't the uh the or outside of the the ferrari uh zero two three uh ferrari well that's a new car for i don't think they've been around since daytona or, or sebring so uh we'll see what goes on with that but otherwise all the usual suspects there um nothing else that i saw of, of significance so we'll move forward to uh, the Cup and Xfinity at Las Vegas. Uh, just want to go back into the picks. Um, out of curiosity, last week we did, I picked first. So, Josh, you get to pick uh, first here on the Xfinity side for the Alsco Uniforms 302. Uh, 40 cars for 38 spots. Uh, some of the people that were going to. Oh wow, Ryan Reed, Jesus! Ryan he's, Reed, <laughs> uh, he's in this. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed that he's driving for uh, uh, Carl Long uh, this weekend. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, see nothing like crazy there. None of that. Greg Alding back in the zero seven. Stefan Parsons stays in the zero eight. Uh, yeah, Hamrick in the ten. Lane Riggs in the eleven. Uh, Wyatt Snyder back in the 19, uh, Connor Mozak 24, uh, Kyle Segan the 29, Joey Gase and Patrick Emerling driving for their own team, Graf in the 38, Alice Daniel Dye in the 44 again, and uh, Raja Karuth back in the 45, Kligerman, uh, Ryan Reed, Dawson Cram in the 74, uh, Kyle Weatherman in the 91, and CJ McLaughlin in the 28 so um i kind of have an idea where you're going with who you're going to take for the winner uh so i guess the better question is who you're going to take as your wild card uh for this weekend at las vegas but maybe you'll uh surprise me on this one for who you're looking at for vegas well i think the uh winner i'm gonna go with john hunter and Emichek, uh this weekend uh yeah i think he's been the best on the mile and a half this season so I'll go with him uh, as my winner. Um, and then wild card, uh, yeah, this is the tougher question, right? Because there's so many guys, and you guys got back back markers and uh, all that stuff. So, um, you know, I'll go with, uh, um, I'll go with, uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Parker Retz left. Let's see. He's done well in mile and a half uh, relatively speaking so i'll go with uh, him see if he can get a top 15 finish here so or uh you know top 10 something like that so that that's gonna be interesting but yeah the xfinity series here at las vegas uh yeah i mean i almost wanted to go austin hill for the sweep but i think john hunter is just a little bit better than him on pace right now so i see him winning this more than i do austin hill and locking by doing that, he locks himself into the final four. It's not like I 
would doubt that he would make the final four anyway, but if he wins, then he locks himself in and gets a couple of weeks to prepare for Phoenix. Uh, he's been in that position before in the truck series and promptly spit the bit um, driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports. So we'll see what happens if he were to get into the same position here uh, for Gibbs, uh, the team that won the championship last year. Uh, for me, I am going to go with, I'm going to end up going with Cole Custer. Um, it'll be his first win on an oval this year. Uh, I probably, it probably would make more sense for me to pick him at Homestead, but I don't, I would have picked Josh Berry, but the, it doesn't seem like the momentum is going their way. Uh, you know what, actually, no, wait a minute. I'm actually going to, um, pull an audible. I'm going to say Justin Allgaier to win. Okay. Um, which I think is probably a little more plausible, but I, I, it wouldn't be surprising that a Custer gets the victory. Uh, my wild card for this weekend will uh, be somebody that could finish in the top 20. Um, somebody that can finish in the top 20, I figure would will be... Huh, yeah, man, that's a, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go... I will go with uh, Stefan Parsons. Why not? Um, I, you can't go wrong with the mullet. Uh, Stefan Parsons. Uh, he's brand pretty solid for what the equipment is there. So uh, that's what I'll go with. So Allgaier to win uh, Parsons wildcard. Vegas Cup Series. Um, uh, delete that. I'm actually going to delete that because I'm not ready to just uh, delete. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to the Cup Series uh, South Point 400 uh, at Las Vegas. Chastain will be racing Worldwide Express this weekend. Auto Trader on Gumby's car, BetMGM on Bald Spot Dylan, Mobile One for Kevin Harvick, Valvoline for Larson, Build Submarines for uh, Keselowski, Nagu for uh, LaJoy, Morgan and Morgan. For Kyle Busch, Lumar Window Film for William Clyde Elliott II, IHOP again for Eric Almirola, Mavis for Hamlin, Menards for Blaney, Code 3 Associates will be on the 14 for Chase Briscoe, uh, Brennan Poole will be driving the 15, AJ Almendinger, Nutrient Ag Solutions, Chris Busher, Travel Centers of America, uh, Bass Pro for Truex, Reem, for Christopher Bell, Dex Imaging for Harrison Burton, Benzoil for Logano, DoorDash and Roku for uh, Bubba, Relay Payments for William Byron, Leaf Filter for Haley, uh, To Be Determined for McDowell, Frontline Enterprises, whatever that is, for Todd Gilliland, Haas Tooling for Ryan Priest, um, Hosevar and Jones with the Maury Gallagher Sponsorship, Tyler Reddick with the Jordan brand, and Richard with Smith's and Drumstick Ice Cream on the 47, Ally Bowman, uh, Yaley in the 51, Monster Energy for Keebler, Gainbridge on the 77 for Ty Dillon, uh, yeah, BJ McLeod, um, and then Tootsies for Daniel Suarez. All right, so Vegas, first race of the round of eight, 
who will give themselves a chance to possibly lock themselves into the final four. Uh, I mean, I think that there's, it it kind of leans one of three ways for me in terms of drivers uh, based on not just recency bias, but the way the playoffs have gone. Uh, But I look at this weekend's race and I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick gets the win, locks himself into the final four at Vegas. And Tyler Phil, Tyler Reddick, they'll say Reddick to win and lock into final four. Uh, probably have to do that amendment on the Xfinity, but whatever. Uh, my wild card will be Carson Osovar. Why not? Um, it's It's easy because he's been racing really well. Uh, in his races so far in the Legacy Motor Club uh, 42, and they've been on a good upswing. So I say Tyler Reddick uh, takes some momentum they've had from the cookie cutters, gets that victory, locks himself into his first Final Four as a cup driver, and um, gets the three weeks to prepare for Phoenix, and uh, Carson Hosevar is my wild card. Uh, What say you, Josh? Who do you pick? for uh your winner and wild card for uh vegas yeah i mean for me for las vegas uh i'm gonna go with uh william byron uh winning sweeping the las vegas races this year uh to lock himself in uh in the uh championship four uh they are definitely strong in the spring so i expect them to uh be up there uh racing uh you know for the win and uh you know, get that spot there, uh, for the final four. So, uh, my wild card, um, I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to pick Ty Gibbs, uh, to be my wild card, which is a little, maybe a little out there, but you know, the, uh, Joe Gibbs cars definitely do run well on the mile and a half. Uh, and you know, he's been somebody I think should have probably done better in the mile and a half this year, but you know, he's been, uh, pretty good, uh, as of late. So, uh, I will I will pick him and uh, yeah he uh, let's see what he can do. It's a pretty pretty decent hedge uh, for a wild card, uh, even though he's a rookie. So uh, you know I think the Toyotas will definitely have a good weekend. But you know overall, uh, what William Byron goes out and uh, locks himself into the championship four for the first time in his career. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was that was one of the three drivers. I had in mind it was either Byron, Hamlin, or Reddick. So I went with, you know, I guess my my fandom and wanting what I would like to see win in a sense. I mean, more, I'd rather see one of the Ford guys, whether it's uh, Blaney or Busher, but uh, I'm a fan of Reddick, so it'll be cool to see that. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think Byron is definitely the favorite, and uh, Dennis Hamlin is trying to do what he can to get that victory early so he can prepare for Phoenix uh, as well. All right, so uh, it's time, uh, Josh, for you to talk about all things uh, sim racing gaming on your sim segment and recent news from iRacing uh, and recent announcements. And then you also have um, other things going on with the motorsport games with the IndyCar game too. Yeah, this is uh we have some actual real news here in the sim racing segment, um, and uh, yeah, I mean the 
Motorsport Games, uh, property of NASCAR console games, uh, has been acquired by iRacing. And so now in 2025, we will get a NASCAR console game finally. And this is probably going to be probably one of the most anticipated console releases for NASCAR games in uh, quite a while. We know what iRacing's reputation is uh, as a you know sim racing game. Um, and, you know, we know what they can produce. Uh, they've already, you know, had years and years of, uh, you know, with producing content for uh, NASCAR uh, on all three series. So, um, you know, they've had the simulation aspect down, uh, you know, relatively. I mean, they've had issues, but uh, they've, they've had that part down for quite a little while. You know, they've had the tracks uh, down for quite a while. So, you know, the other part is just to make it enticing for gamers. Obviously they've had a simulation part of it. Um, I mean, if, if they wanted to, they could probably just, you know, make the Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo switch versions, you know, relatively quickly for just the racing simulation part of it. But, you know, of course the game aspect is, uh, do they want, uh, you know, career mode or, uh, season mode or anything like that, or, um, you know, single player mode, uh, AI racing. We've seen them this year, uh, add AI racing, uh, to their platform, uh, on the cup series, uh, and expanded that through, you know, multiple, uh, series that they have multiple cars, uh, on the PC game. So now they're expanding into console games. Uh, so, you know, expect this one to, you know, look, uh, It'll look like iRacing, uh, similar to it. So definitely uh, looking forward to seeing this uh, come out. Um, we'll see, you know, how it goes uh, with uh, the development and you know what modes and aspects uh, are they going to put into this game. Uh, definitely, uh, hopefully, it's uh, something similar to what we had the EA Sports, where you had the career mode where you could start from scratch and work your way up uh, through the ranks, uh, or something like that, or um, have a uh, you know a full season mode where you could race as one car and go throughout the season. Uh, I did that uh, before, and I liked that. So in the EA Sports game, so that should be interesting. Um, but yeah, NASCAR has been partnered up with iRacing for years on the PC side, and now they're uh, going full circle on the console side. And I think it'll be good for both partners. You know, NASCAR uh, having a credible partner here in the console side. Uh, to help them get reach, you know, outreach to you know people who play console games, and then on the other end, uh, iRacing gets more exposure from the console side. And you know if they have a good console game for NASCAR, um, then maybe they'll draw in people uh, for the simulation uh, on PC uh, to play their other uh, you know sim uh, cars and uh besides uh nascar so that should be interesting um keep in mind that they've also had a partnership uh with the world of outlaws game uh that's been out for a couple years now or a year year and a half or something like that so um you know i think that game's been doing pretty well so um obviously iRacing very established uh certainly has a lot more credibility in the industry than uh, motorsport games does so looking forward to seeing how this comes out and on the other end yes uh the indie car game which for whatever reason you know they it's like well they've been halted development on it i've seen you know screenshots and stuff 
of what the game looks like, but you know, I don't, I don't think it's ever going to come out and, you know, motorsport games, I don't know what, you know, what they're doing, you know, Roger Penske, please, please make, re, you know, rectify this decision and, uh, get them back with iRacing or, you know, whoever, and, um, maybe have iRacing make an indie car game on console, go back full circle to the, you know, the very beginning when, uh, Papyrus released, uh, you know, the first, you know, true motorsport simulation with Indianapolis 500, the simulation back in the, you know, late eighties, I think, uh, there. So, uh, why, why can't we do that for the IndyCar game? And then also get back the Indy 500, uh, you know, on iRacing and, you know, so that me and other people can go on there and try to win that, uh, race like, you know, like I did last year. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but, um, yeah, this is a pretty significant development here. And I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking forward to, um, playing a, a true NASCAR, NASCAR console game, you know, for the first time in several years. So, uh, that's going to be something to look forward to, uh, as far as the, you know, the iRacing part or when my iRacing, as far as that goes, uh, been, been concentrating on the Draftmaster series, uh, Daytona racing the 87s and the repaved Daytona. And you had to go find some setups online to go out and try and run, uh, there. So I did that and ran several races, avoided a ton of wrecks, uh, got some, uh, you know, wrecks that I, uh, just narrowly missed somehow. Uh, so I've got to go back and to the replay booth and maybe splice some of that up together because it was actually kind of interesting seeing that uh, take place and being like, holy crap, how the hell did I actually miss that wreck and everything? So going to have to go back and, uh, you know, put that together and maybe put that on YouTube or something like that or tag iRacing and maybe they'll put that in their highlights. But yeah, that was uh, just a lot of carnage that, you know, took place often in the early portions of the 20 lap sprint uh, because it's a, you know, everybody's in a pack, the 87 cars, you know, there are a lot of handling aspects to it. If you got too close to get arrow loose and spin out, certainly happened to me on the, towards the end of a tire, tire run and, uh, the, uh, racing where you get spread out and tires are worn out and somebody gets up on you and, uh, on your rear bumper and you get arrow loose and spin out pretty quickly so had that happen a couple of times had the couple of times where i just got loose and was trying to save it and then somebody just couldn't lift and uh ran in the back of me so i had that a couple of times as well uh but yeah that was pretty interesting uh running you know uh 225 in in the cup car uh in the 87 car having you know at the uh, uh repaved daytona speedway so that's uh pretty interesting having you know, had that type of ability, uh, you know, having run the 87s on the, uh, 2008 oval in, in racing, So, uh, definitely, uh, had fun doing that, but yeah, it was definitely challenging because of the handling aspects of the tires going away, uh, over the course of a run and, um, trying to keep up with, uh, other people on open setup. So that was pretty interesting as well. So, um, yeah, I think this week they, uh, they have it on, uh, Talladega this week, and it's probably going back to the the truck series car or truck. So looking forward to trying that on iRacing and and uh, doing the Draftmaster series, and then also uh, I did a uh, one Xfinity race in uh, the ovals or not an oval, but on the on the roval. So trying to get get the road course skills up 
up there as well. Uh, just ran, ran patiently and uh, started, I think, in 12th and finished 7th in a 20-lap race. So, yeah, that was pretty good. And um, I think this week on our racing, it's going to be NASCAR at Las Vegas. Uh, NASCAR, yeah, all the three series at Las Vegas and uh, might have to get, I actually don't have Las Vegas, so maybe I have to get that one and get uh, on there for this uh, this week's uh, series of racing. Um, Watkins Glen, the IMSA fixed uh, racing series, uh, that's going to be interesting there for roadside. Uh, get the Formula Fords at Oran Park, uh, which is always a good one. Um, the Toyota GR Series, GR86 at Knock Hill Racing Circuit, LMP2s at Watkins Glen uh, as well. Uh, so a little bit of Watkins Glen there late in the year. Mustang Skip Barber Challenge at Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway Road Course. Always good uh, for me uh, being overrun there. Um, LMP3s at uh, at Imola at Autodromo Internationale, Enzo Di, Dino Ferrari Grand Prix Circuit uh, there. Uh, if you got the, uh, let's see, uh, I guess the Formula One Grand Prix Series at Spa, that's going to be interesting as well. Uh, you have the, uh, looking out the other tracks, and then MX-5 at uh, O'Ron Park Raceway as well, so that should be should be fun. Uh, looking at, let's see, looking at the oval side, if I can get it to put, come up on the oval side uh, here. Got uh, the... Arkham Menard Series at the old Michigan International Speedway, as I mentioned, NASCAR all at uh, in, in NASCAR all at Las Vegas, including the Truck Series, Super Late Models at Bristol, Delara Dash at Michigan International Speedway, so that'll be really fast. Gen Four at uh, Montreal, that's an interesting one there. Circuit Gills Villeneuve, uh, that was a good good track for the Xfinity Series uh, when they ran there, uh, especially in the old car. Uh, let's see where's the 87s 87s are at the Willows Willow Springs International Raceway so a non NASCAR track that they're competing at that's a interesting choice there by the schedule makers uh so that that's uh something fun uh I've never raced there before I've seen videos of that that's a not even really a a race track it's more of a I think more of a club race track uh that you know I think what the uh skip barber and stuff like that that they race at so that's an interesting choice by the schedule makers so uh, and then uh indycar at pocono so might do some of that too so yeah of course always a good slate of races this week on iRacing as as always so looking forward to trying to compete there and uh, go on iRacing and run there so uh if i try to stream obviously uh stream at uh, Twitch TV slash Sailor 2 and go in there and see all my streams and uh, all my videos in there. I'll try to have that up uh, if I do stream. And then uh, uh, the Twitter account, we'll try to announce that as well, and as well as all my takes uh, from anything uh, from racing or football-wise uh, at JP Huffine on Twitter, X, whatever it's called these days. And then... Um, you have the YouTube page where we'll have this uh, up there uh, later in the week. Uh, YouTube at uh, Grip Street Podcast. So go on there and subscribe and uh, interact with our videos. So, yeah, and of course, good week uh, or good start to the week with uh, Jaguars winning fantasy uh, 
a good win there and you know plenty of action in the racing weekend and looking forward to uh the next slate of races and looking forward to attending the game on next Sunday against the Colts. So uh, we'll see how it goes there. But you know, as far as this week, i uh, glad as always to be able to discuss. And of course, we'll uh, be able to talk about it next week as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, wouldn't do it with anyone else. Of course, uh, another episode down, getting close to that, of course, 200 number. It's crazy to think <laughs> uh, doing this for four years. And uh, now we're at 190 episodes. It's pretty badass. Um, uh, can find me at PG Matthew 28 on Twitter X. You can find us at Gripster Pod on Twitter. Uh, definitely follow our YouTube page for the video feeds of the show. You can find the Gripster Podcast on Podbean, which was our host site, but you can also find it on uh, basically anywhere you can get podcasts. You can also find it at philipgmatthew.com, which is my blog site. We'll be back next week for episode 191 of the Gripster podcast where we will review um cup and xfinity at uh las vegas we'll preview cup xfinity and trucks at homestead the u.s grand prix at coda preview uh we will also review a moto gp moto 2 nhra uh imsa petit lamar and nfl week six and uh, Josh will let us know everything in the world of sim racing on a sim segment. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for listening to the Grip Strip Podcast, and we'll see you next time.